Welcome to Plato's Cave. I'm Jordan Myers, and I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. You're listening to a reading group episode of the show, which means that in this episode, we continue the free will and moral responsibility series by discussing a 2008 paper by Tamler Summers called The Objective Attitude. Uh, Summers is actually at the University of Houston as well, so I'm really looking forward to, um, to discussing this paper and others with him. Uh, and I discussed the paper with three non-philosopher friends, Adam, Giffen, and Brian, because philosophy shouldn't just be for philosophers. So, as I said, we're continuing the responsibility series uh, with this paper, and Brian is now joining us uh, for the series. He was not present for the first part, which introduces a little bit of um, communication barrier and a little bit of communication issues, uh, but he quickly comes up to speed, I think, on what we've covered in the series before. And this paper is a dive into something that Summers previously argued, which is that one could inhabit the objective attitude as a ubiquitous state of mind and really lose very minimal um, from a psychological and moral standpoint. So as you'll hear, I disagree with this paper, and it's important to note that Summers himself no longer adheres to this paper. Uh, he has changed his view in several episodes of his podcast, A Very Bad Wizards, and also his 2012 paper, Relative Justice. Or, I'm sorry, 2012 book. Um, but I really liked this paper, I really liked this episode and this discussion, and I hope you do as well. So, with that introduction, please enjoy our conversation of Summers' The Objective Attitude. Well, we're hopping back into the moral responsibility. And so we're picking back up with um, The Objective Attitude, which is, I, I think it's a pretty popularly cited paper um, by Tamler Summers. This was published in his early work. I think this was only like the second, third, um, maybe fourth paper he published. Um, it was very early on in his career. 2007 is when it was published. And I thought it was an excellent paper. Um, so the and this is good because you know brian you're joining us for this part and so i mean if if there are listeners who are like you know joining now that didn't catch some or all of the of the previous kind of like more responsibility stuff that we've been doing i think you'll be a good metric for that listener and and like i you know i said before we started recording obviously feel free to like ask any relevant questions um of course but this paper is I mean, we'll get into it, but I thought it was it was a, it's a nice paper in the sense that it's very conceptually tight. He's got like a very nice plan laid out and the writing is really easy to read. Um, I thought it was just like a good like piece of philosophy. And <clears throat> the 30,000 foot view of the paper is that, you know, the objective attitude has been much maligned and people are very pessimistic about it in the moral responsibility literature. You know, he cites Thomas Nagel and Susan Wolfe. Um, about seeing the objective attitude in a really negative view. Um, and he wants to push back against that painting of the objective attitude. And he does so by saying that it can retain a lot of the best things that people believe are exclusive to the reactive attitudes. That's the very, very kind of 30,000 foot view of the paper. Now we're going to move through it more systematically, but just curious, did anyone have any strong feelings about the paper? Did anyone love it or hate it? Oh, I loved it. Okay. I actually, I thought it was a very, very good pick, Jordan, on your part to, like, bring us back in. 
Okay, nice. I, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, in hindsight, I didn't actually choose this paper as like a reintroduction one, but in hindsight, I think it works exceptionally well for it. Yeah, no, not only was it an enjoyable paper, uh, paper regardless of whether this was like a return paper, um, it's just a good paper, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like, I really like the paper, even though I, I think I might be, I suspect, we'll have to see, I suspect that I will be the most mixed bag um, evaluator of this paper. Um, cause I know that Adam and I talked a tiny bit before this and I, th- you might be the most negative about it, Adam. Have your views changed? I mean, I know that we talked about that before you had actually read the paper, but what do you, th- what did you, uh, generally think about it? Uh, I thought it was a good paper, but I, I just, I think when, like once we actually go through some of the emotions mm-hmm. in which he either attempts to argue that one can preserve that emotion in light of the objective attitude or, you know, kind of jettison that emotion or that attitude, I would say, in light mm-hmm. of the objective attitude. Um, I I wonder to what extent, like, he is not combining some of these things. I, I, I guess that's really vague. Um, <laughs> how, how can I put this without giving things away? Um, you're wondering if he's importing things that actually can't be imported. Well, I, but I mean, he, he addresses that later on too, mm-hmm. but so Adam, can you just gauge your like agreement with him? Okay. Yeah. That, that's just a percentage better. or something. Um, I, I would say like 50%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I can, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I quite like this paper. I think it was, uh, I kind of walked away with it because just like the exploration of the objective attitude, because this was educating for me as well, because I didn't read the stuff you guys read before this. Um, I think I kind of came away with like a a greater wisdom about life, regardless of how you feel Mm. about uh, about uh, Frankfurt. Wait, is Frankfurt the author of this one? No, this is this is Summers. This Summers. Yeah, yeah. Summers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the best parts of this paper probably are what you're referencing, Brian. Um, so let's so let's just get into it. Actually, he he opens the paper with like a very nice quote um, <clears throat> from Thomas Nagel that basically summarizes. And this is this is from Moral Luck, actually, which we did a very long time ago. Um, but I'll just read the whole quote because I think it's instructive. He says. I believe that in a sense, the problem has no solution because something in the idea of agency is incompatible with actions being events and people being things. But as the external determinants of what someone has done are gradually exposed in their effect on consequences, character and choice itself, it becomes gradually clear that actions are events and people things. Eventually, nothing remains that can be ascribed to a responsible self, and we are left with nothing but a portion of a, of the larger sequence of events, which can be deplored or celebrated, but not blamed or praised. So I think that's, I mean, that's just a wonderful summary of the, the fear, um, as people like Wolf and Nega would put it, into like this naturalistic, deterministic view, right? So if you accept that no one created themselves, essentially, then then and no one's really responsible for how events unfold, then like he says, actions become more events and people are things. And so um, you can either accept that and as Summer says, take the objective stance or resist that and and continue with um, the reactive stances. But so he says that, you know, Nagel says that this is a, a problem without a solution, but Summers disagrees. He says going into from page 
321 to 322. He says, why is this a problem without a solution? It seems to me that this is a problem with a solution. Indeed, the solution indicated by Nagel in this passage. Actions are events and people are things, complex and exciting things, but things nonetheless. So he's essentially in this paper biting the bullet in a very positive way. He's trying to put a very positive spin on biting the bullet to taking the objective attitude. And this is important ubiquitously um, because, you know, even people like Strawson, as we discussed, um, Strawson admits that obviously we do take both attitudes from time to time, but this is sort of a radical, okay, what happens if you actually just try to accept fully and embody that no one is causa sui, no one's deeply morally responsible? Um, so he says that, so this is, the, I guess, the first part we can discuss. So he says there's two reasons for this kind of morose talk about the objective stance. So uh, he says the first reason is that a lot of people deem that the denial of moral responsibility is, quote, dreadful or um, unacceptable. People don't, it's funny, I mean, people don't say it's unsound, but they say it's unacceptable, which is kind of a funny way to deny it. Um, and the second is that it, this conclusion of the objective stance runs counter to our subjective experience of agency. Now, this this is where so I'm, I'm just maybe i'll save my thoughts for a minute and just ask what did, did you guys what did you think of these two reasons do you find each to be kind of equally valid in resisting his conclusion or do both of i mean do you to what extent do you agree with summers that these reasons just aren't valid it seems like giffen you might agree with him the most about that i think so I mean, I, I can't speak for you guys, but I thought they seemed to be, I'm, I guess, are you asking me um, whether I think these are like the main reasons why people resist? Like how valid are public or just well, no, for, for you, how valid do those seem? Those two concerns? I mean, is it does the objective stance appear to be kind of dreadful and unacceptable? Um, and do you experience yourself unshakably in an agentic sense um i think it's um hmm. i think it's pretty natural to like um without like deeper reflection <clears throat> hear you know the argument uh about like the lack of um you know robust moral responsibility and find it dreadful i think that's like natural mm. if that i don't know if that answers your question fully but like um i do think that's a natural reaction for people um, particularly like, you know, us, we like grew up in like the West in a culture that kind of idealizes the idea of free will and um, personal responsibility. So I think it's totally natural for um, it for like the, this argument being met with this um, dreadfulness, mm -hmm. at least at first. Um, That's true. I mean, you in, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, you mentioned the West. I'm trying to get. Um, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. There's one philosopher that's done very interesting work on cultural differences in reactive attitude practices. I think that'd be super interesting. That would I'm be ridiculously interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That'd be very interesting. Sorry, yeah. I did. That was just a, you made me. No, it's great that. aside. We should definitely yeah. pursue that. But yeah, no, yeah. I kind of, I think it's a natural response. But it, like he mentions, I don't know if it's a sound response. Yeah. And yeah, that's fair. Sec 
and then the second part is like we don't view ourselves in this kind of permanently agentic way right um and i think it it's true i mean we get to this like towards the very end of the paper but i mean i don't think i've ever met a human being or will i that like just truly has detached themselves um and views themselves completely agentically as simply nothing more than a thing yeah yeah i i do i have deep skepticism about whether that is possible um yeah because like there are i mean they're just like clearly moments of mental perspicacity where you do just experience yourself as a determined thing in real time those those just happen i mean if you just pay super close attention you can notice like I'm, I'm doing it right now even a little bit like you can notice words just kind of spilling out of your mouth almost as they do right and it's not even clear like i don't have anything planned things are just kind of like coming out of my mouth right um but yeah. so he, so i have two i have two big issues with this paper um yeah and i'm not sure that they'll be the same as maybe what i think adams are but we've arrived at my first one here. Um, so <clears throat> he, my issue with this entire paper, even though I very much liked it, is that I think this entire paper is conflating two different types of responsibility. Um, he, he talks about, so he calls it, I mean, in the beginning part of the series, we have referred to it as like deep moral responsibility versus shallow he refers to what he calls uh robust moral responsibility or rmr um so th this th this is where i really really think that he's doing a major conflation here so last couple sentences bottom of 322 he says and since denying moral responsibility requires us to take the objective attitude towards everyone we should regard skeptical positions with deep suspicion um that is a huge conflation in my mind. So he talks about, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what version of the argument you buy, but you can buy, you know, Dirk Paraboom, Galen Strawson, Thomas Nagel and this. Like, it doesn't matter, but there's no, no one made themselves and no one could have robustly done otherwise, right? Um, table Frankfurt's objection for a second. But like, right, like both of those things are true that he says that that so there's no robust moral responsibility and then he links that with requiring the objective attitude i think that those are two different levels of analysis there so i think that this entire paper is kind of existing between two different planes right so if he's talking about how th no one's cause a sui you didn't make yourself or whatever and that eliminates robust moral responsibility to then go on and talk about the reactive attitudes is to is to make a huge jump there right because so if robust moral responsibility is off the table in my mind that means that retributive dessert based retribution is off the table but it doesn't necessarily mean that reactive attitudes are off the table um because I mean, so this is going to sound like a little bit weird if you if you didn't experience or participate or listen to the first part of this. But our entire thing was that there seems to be or like this was this is a point that I've been kind of like thinking about for a while is in all of this literature, 
there seems to be this conflation between reactive attitudes and extra consequential like retributive punishment right um punishing someone or getting revenge on someone above what that would consequentially produce you know maybe deter them maybe teach them a lesson make them a better person something like that right so like if all of those reasons aren't valid and you still want to get like deep revenge on someone that would be like dessert based or retributive punishment and robust moral responsibility if that's if that's what he's saying is like the deepest form of of moral responsibility to say that that's off the table i think directly more addresses the retributive aspects of it but he goes to the shallower level of reactive attitudes um and i and i think that that's just a huge leap so so in this paper he either should have talked about if he wants to still talk about robust moral responsibility then the rest of the paper has to be about uh retribution or revenge punishments right but if he wants to talk about the objective stance then he doesn't have to i mean so denying robust moral responsibility is required for taking the objective attitude but denying robust moral responsibility doesn't entail taking the objective attitude it just opens the door can i does that like a, make any sense i think i get what you're saying but can i just offer like a just a quick um yeah question just to help clarify your stance maybe yeah would you agree with like the statement um like since like denying moral responsibility requires us not to take the um reactive attitude no it see um denying is a different question slightly does denying RMR require us to not take the reactive attitudes? Right. No, I don't think so. I, because, so this goes to like, now this is kind of an idiosyncratic view on my part, I think. But because I believe that these conversations are happening on two different levels, I think denying robust moral responsibility takes retribution off the table. But I don't think it takes the reactive attitudes generally off the table. When a reactive attitude eclipses into retribution, yes, that is off the table. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of viewing this as the reactive attitudes are a large umbrella, right? Because we have to remember they're positive and negative. Um, and there's also a distinction between attitudes and actions, right? So a subset of the reactive attitudes would be reactive actions and a subset of reactive actions, a very small set would be about retribution or exacting revenge. I think those are never justified and those are canceled out by denying robust moral responsibility. But uh, like, I don't think that he, like, again, it's weird because I actually don't think a significant portion of what he says about taking the objective stance is wrong, but I think his grounding for it doesn't necessarily, it's not the grounding that he should have gone with. Uh, Adam, you were shaking your head yes with my critique. That makes yeah, sense no, I, Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I okay. mean, I, I was going to kind of say something similar, but not as well as you did earlier <laughs> on, like with respect mm. to how he kind of opened it up where he was like, okay, you know, why, why then do philosophers so often portray the arguments for skepticism about moral responsibility as problems or paradoxes that must be overcome at all costs? 
And it's like, there are two reasons for this thought to be dreadful or unacceptable, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think those are good reasons for denying, you know, robust moral responsibility, but then he just hops right into talking about, you know, not only that here are the implications of adopting the objective attitude, but also he says, I, I, like you said, I believe that denying RMR would require us to adopt an exclusive objectivity of attitude. And I'm like, I'm, that doesn't like, wh- follow for me. I, 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 he would need to substantiate that. So. Yes, I, I totally agree. Cause I, I think it, it, so de- like I said, I think denying RMR puts the objective attitude on the table. Like it makes it a, a very much a live option. Right. Um, because if something like, I don't know, agent causal libertarianism, libertarianism were true about about free will people really did somehow make themselves and that wasn't an incoherent notion um you know it's 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 uh, i still wouldn't agree but it's easier to get to this stance of like okay the objective attitude is never appropriate or something right but but yeah i mean in denying rmr i think you've denied yourself revenge practices retributive punishment but it's not clear at all that you've actually denied Strassen's claim. Well, I actually, now that I think about his paper in general, I guess like I, I still have major issues with it. But mm-hmm. I mean, he does put forward a case for the objective attitude. And then, yes, and, but but hang on. But then he also, you know, indicates pieces where it's actually maybe superior to the reactive attitude in adopting mm-hmm. the objective attitude. So if there are if you retain the positives of the reactive attitude and then remove the negatives, then we would be obligated to adopt the objective attitude. I just don't think he's demonstrated that. Yes. You know, we retained all of, you know, the, the positives. And if he, well, and if he, and if he was saying that, and if he wanted to say it was based on the denial of RMR, he needs another premise in between there, which is saying denying RMR grants all attitudinal practices under the scope of consequentialism then he makes the case that the ubiquitous objective stance is consequentially better but he doesn't he doesn't do that there's not that there's that complicated kind of two middle steps there right and i don't think he's i don't think he's done that yeah it's not explicit i don't know david i don't even think it's implicit to be honest well but okay <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to hop right to the conclusion here, but mm-hmm. I mean, he does say like, well, see, here's so we, we scroll yeah. down here. He's like, because, uh... again, I actually agree with much of the paper after section two, but I just think that his grounding doesn't necessarily make the most sense. It's like, you know, the objective attitude should cause a marked, you know, increase in compassion. We no longer, this would be in the conclusion. Oh. (laughs) Like we no longer, you know, we no longer would view criminals with hatred and deep resentment, Mm. desiring punishment well beyond any pragmatic goals that the punishment could achieve. Um, And then so, but then he says, finally, and perhaps most importantly, I've argued that nothing about the objective attitude precludes feelings of exuberance, love, disapproval, sadness, and many other emotions that add richness and beauty to our lives. So he's saying that the objective attitude eliminates these things that are undesirable in the reactive attitude, Mm. but retains the positive bits. So I think he does hint at it, but um, it's not, it's not explicit. 
Okay. I'm, I, I'm really interested to see you guys flesh this out because I thought it was like pretty compelling. I'm not saying like I'm going to not budge or anything. I could totally be at the end of this um, on your guys' side. But just reading it through, I thought it was pretty compelling. Oh, I did too. But I I just disagree with the grounding of it. Um, because remember, I mean, this Brian, you won't remember this, but with when we were discussing Strawson, either in the Strawson episode or the Watson episode, I don't remember. Um, the, Watson, I believe. I think it might have been. Because after we Watson. clarify what Strawson meant, <laughs> Watson. Um, so, you know, my position on reactive and objective attitudes is that, uh, so I would disagree with early summers and agree with the part of Strawson that's reasonable where he says, no, like interpersonal life is constituted by the reactive attitudes. Um, like if I took the objective stance with respect to all of you all of the time, I think there actually would be something seriously lost there. So I agree with Wolf in that sense. Um, I honestly, just reading it through, didn't agree with Wolf very much. Okay, interesting. But, well, yeah, can I, so let me explain. So I, I wanted to explain because my the second objection is in is about section two because after <laughs> I, I'm sounding much more negative about this paper than I actually was because section one and two was where I had a lot of the issues and then after that it was a lot of positives. Um, so it my second issue is very similar to the first, uh, but but slightly different. So um, <clears throat> he says uh, on in the second paragraph of section two, he says, taking the objective attitude commits us only to regarding human beings as creatures who cannot deserve praise or blame. Now, again, that's true, but it's not enough. That's not all the objective attitude is committing you to. Um, because this is so this is where I think that his he if, he if he was more explicit in the first section, this would make more sense in the second because, OK, so deserve praise or blame. Right. So deserve that absolutely correct. No one can deserve praise or blame because no one is Kazusui. No one could have robustly done otherwise. Right. Um, but. The objective attitude commits you to more than that. Remember, it's it's because he, he actually quotes this. And then honestly, I think kind of glosses over it. It's degrading someone. Well, degrading is a little bit of question begging, but taking the objective attitude is to change your view of someone from an agent to a thing. Right. It's to sure. view someone kind of mechanistically as something to be dealt with in the situation, something to be accounted for. Right. It's a variable that you need to change. And I think that he very much glosses over that ve very important additional part of the objective attitude. And I think where I disagree with him, it's in that distinction, um, because I think that hmm. two, because I think he's absolutely right. He's a thousand percent right about everything he says about deserving praise or blame. Right. I'm just a, I'm just 100 percent on board with him there. But he glosses over what I think is a crucial aspect of the objective stance. And it is that actually is like I, I agree with Wolf there that that is an alienating part of the objective lens. Um, but don't you think people are things? Of course. But there's two there's kind of two levels of do do I. um theoretically think you're a thing yes right mm -hmm. but i'm saying if i truly embody the objective stance towards you all the time 
-hmm. there actually is something phenomenologically lost for me there. See, to me, it feels like more of a change than a loss. Okay. A change that is wholly I mean, neutral or positive? Yeah. Can't, Interesting. Can't you, I don't know if I would say positive. That sounds kind of odd. But at least... Well, that's what Summers is saying for sure, right? What, sorry, Brian, what were you saying? Yeah, I, I feel like you could view someone from this objective experience and then have different levels of subjectivity added on in there. I think we do that already. Like in, in a lot of workplaces, like a really healthy workplace is known for instead of... Instead of like whenever someone fucks up, it's more of like a learning experience and and figuring out. So viewing them as an agent that can learn. And so there's like there's this level of objectivity that we already have in our day to day lives. And it seems like we're moving that direction based on the history of, you know, where we've come from. So I don't yeah. think it's too weird. I, I, I don't know when when Giffen says change, I kind of agree with him. It's hard to see it go to a 100%, but it, I can see progress in that direction. You said something there that's super interesting, and it comes into some of the later stuff. So, so you laid out like a very good example of an action there, right? So, you know, let's say, let's, let's just pretend that, you know, you're a manager and one of your subordinates totally just screws up a project, right? And you're, you're actually like really like, like you're super mad that this happened. You're not necessarily mad at him yet, right? Mm -hmm. But you're super angry that this thing happened. Now, you could... So the action, I don't believe, is enough to tell us which attitude the the supervisor took. Because you could... You could... Um, you could be super mad that this thing happened, but actually, now I, this is the other maybe difference between me and Summers. I think that the objective attitude is a much more cognitive stance than he's taking. Like, I think it's, it's a very consciously evaluative stance. So if I were to take the objective stance toward a subordinate who had messed up and I say, okay, you know, I can just fly off the handle. I can chastise him or whatever, but that's just going to alienate him. Like he's never going to try to do anything again. Right. It's actually just better for everyone involved. If I, um, uh, try to show him what's wrong, try to like teach him, you know, how to do things better. Right. Uh, that is the objective stance. Um, that doesn't even seem like necessarily the objective stance. Well, explicitly because no, it, it, so so in that I am viewing him as a as a variable there. If I do this action, he will respond in this way, and it will create worse outcomes. Right? That 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 seems to be very kind of mechanistic. I don't know. I feel like that specific description. I'm like you could probably still view someone as an agent in that case just you're kind of like taking a consequentialist lens of like the scenario right but your action there is wholly determined it, your your action like, there I has can... nothing to do with if they're an agent or not your action seems it's... to be explicitly grounded in whether this will create good consequences in them or not but how? Okay, so if, so if that's I I I want to I want to get like a little more details like on Brian's example because I think it's a good one. Um, yeah. So so Brian, like, mm -hmm. um, like in this in this scenario that you were thinking of, like how removed is the person from like that has that mindset of just recognizing that you know a new employee like say like comes in and then makes a mistake, 
Like how removed is that person with that attitude of that employee? Does that make sense? Like is yeah. this like the direct boss that has that attitude? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of just a good attitude to have in general for anyone that's on a team because it's like you could also be part of a team and have to make a decision on as a team yes on that individual but so do you think like that's like more of like a workplace thing where you can view kind of colleagues as you know um objects and almost you know just things to be manipulated one way or the other you know where it's like okay I don't, I don't really have any deep interpersonal relationship with this person necessarily, but I recognize that they're going to do good things, they'll do bad things. I need to view them as just, you know, not as an agent per se, but just as kind of like a cog in the machine here and how they're functioning. Yeah. Well, well what I'm saying is, is you could take that, like the action there could be the same, but it could be from either stance. Right. Like if you imagine that your boss is a super empathetic person and they just naturally react in that way, they actually like they're, they're super angry that this thing happened. But that actually just naturally sides and they they actually just it's not like a very cognitive appraisal by them. It's kind of just their reaction almost like the reactive attitudes imply. And they teach you, you know, like, oh, like Brian, like, uh, you know, I, I know you were trying to do like a super productive thing here, but. Um, you know, you kind of went wrong in these few ways, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, blaming you or anything, but I just want to like teach you. And that's kind of their initial reaction. Um, that seems to be a very reactive stance. So the same action, Wait, I'm just trying to make the point is, that this is that reactive. That sounded kind of objective. No, no, no. Wait, that sounded objective, but my first example didn't where they well, viewed I... them as like a, a mechanism almost. Well, both both sounded objective to me. To be fair, no, both sounded objective yeah. to me. I was asking you clarifying questions earlier, just because I was unsure about like what the bounds were between like what an objective reattitude. When objective, no, you don't, you, you wouldn't. The rea taking the reactive attitudes doesn't imply that you actually get angry with them. Your reactive attitudes could be one of like, oh, this person needs help. Like, let me help them, right? Like, we tend to valence reactive yeah. attitudes negatively, but they're yeah, positive but you, or negative. Yeah, no, but yours just sounded indistinguishable. Like it, you wouldn't okay, be able sorry. to tell whether it was reactive or objective. Yeah. You know, Adam, what I mean, it could Adam, it could have oh, been okay, someone that was that like, thing. you know. Okay, I'm sorry. So I want but, a definitive example of like a reactive attitude that maybe doesn't go through the stereotypes that Jordan you think is normally imparted on them. Just like a positive reactive attitude. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, Strassen mentions a mentions a bunch. Like, um, um, or 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 uh, Summers mentions um, being like proud, right? Like. Like there's almost like this kind of superiority to it. Like you actually kind of, it, it's not clear on whether you actually think people could have like just chosen to be as good as you or not, right? But there's this sort of like <laughs> self, like, right? There's just like this very kind of like arrogant superiority. And that, you know, it's po positive-esque from like your own perspective, you know? Right, right. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. So all I was trying to point out there is that it's not clear whether an so you could have the same action and from an external perspective that action is could be could be congruent with both the objective and reactive stance right like if if you see someone do something you actually don't know if they've done it uh for the objective stance or the reactive stance 
there's there's probably really good context clues, right? Like if someone flies off the handle and just like just starts yelling, it could be this like calculated plan, right? Like it could be just a deep consequentialist calculation. Exactly. Like they, are you, it, could, it could be, but it's probably are you, not. Are you know? just making the distinction that like the motivation of why you do something is is what drives if it's are you, are you just making that distinction? Like someone could be like, oh yes, I'm going to do this for my own health or whatever and that's kind of like ultimately like the difference is like you know not he's kind of distinguishing between action and attitude in this case so it's like you know different attitudes can lead to the same actions because they often overlap i think they're very correlated but but they are distinguishable and and my issue i i think like my main issue with the paper is that uh he he like some early summers does gloss over that very cognitive uh part of the objective stance like i think to take the excuse me i'm sorry to take the objective stance is to do this very kind of algebraic calculation about like someone with respect to certain inputs that you can provide and what outputs that would create from them um and he's just, I just think that he really does gloss over that part of the objective stance. I, so I think it manifests often as like a calculation kind of thing. I'm not sure if it's a necessity, though, that the objective stance turns out that way. If it's strictly like a... Well, but just does, so if people, so if, if it's just what he's saying, then if, if it's just that people can't deserve praise or blame, that's indistinguishable from basically just like retributivism. But I, but I think just like conceptually, there's just more to this debate than that. Right? Like retributivism can either be on the table or not. And then there's also a question of like what attitudes are, which, are appropriate in which circumstances. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel kind of more in line with him about like the. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that a lot of his conclusions are wrong. Like, I'm definitely not saying that. Um I don't know, Adam, is what I'm saying making <laughs> you sense? You know, I mean, I'm completely on your side with this. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think like what this conversation would even be like if we were adopting, all adopting like the objective attitude, <laughs> right? Where it's just like... That's a good thought experiment. Yeah, yeah it's just like, you know, y- y- you mm. you and Giffen are disagreeing right now, but like there's no no sense of irritation or anything, but it's more of just like... But because I'm recogni- not irritated. Yeah, no, you're yeah. just recognizing the other entity is just like, you know is you might just be a little mm. dismayed that this person is thinking this way right now but but it, it would just it, yeah. it just really changes like human example. dynamics in such a way that i i, I just I, I don't buy into it entirely if and you want a real example sure so so I mean, right now real I, this <laughs> no no it's, it's, <laughs> it's a real example for just a past episode of course so, so like right now, like we're disagreeing, but I'm taking like a very kind of happy reactive stance, right? Like we're just like, I'm not saying things to kind of like try to, in a way, I'm trying to get you to see my point, but I'm not calculating what words can I kind of put together to get him. It's kind of the Aww. difference between persuasion. I expect more effort, Jordan. Well, it's kind of, the, <laughs> it's, it's almost embodied in the difference between persuasion versus manipulation, right? Like I'm trying to persuade you but I'm not necessarily trying to manipulate you. I mean, Does that? Yeah. To me, I mean, to me, I feel like that difference would be more of like, do you want me to understand or do you want me to like get me to say yes? Like that would be the difference between manipulation and persuasion. Sure. Whereas sure. Persu- I, I think an honest persuasion would be calculated. 
Um, like, I'm yeah, trying to, I, I, I'm I thinking like that. genuinely That's about like, how best fair to convey enough. my feelings about like um, what I'm <laughs> like how when I read through the paper and like what I'm confused on. <laughs> and like, I guess that would put me at an, in the objective frame right now. So mm-hmm. Adam, to answer your question about what it would be like if we took the objective stance, it would be exactly like it is now, at least between like me. Really? See, I'm totally so. So here's an here's yeah, this an is like an intellectually kind of oriented like show. So I'm like you know, I read the paper. Let me give I you an example read... that like cuts through this distinction nicely. Yeah. So right. So right now, Giffen, we're we're like you know, this is this is fun to like you know kind of disagree and seek do a bit of conceptual analysis, right? Yeah. I'm viewing you with the reactive stance right now. I'm just allowing my my natural reactions to just manifest themselves, and I'm not kind of filtering them through a consequentialist reasoning right now <laughs> on, when we were talking about uh, consciousness towards the end of that i did actually view you in the objective stance like I, you were like i just viewed you as someone who was not actually open to anything i was saying uh and so by the end of those episodes like i just stopped actually trying to like i wasn't i didn't have like the reactive stances but up until that point i did are you so trying to provoke like, given's reactive attitude no right now? no i'm actually not <laughs> Like I'm trying to no, say, Jordan, I think that's that. totally fair. Like I was getting angry with you, like frustrated. Like why can't you just like see what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, but the thing about, is, I'm Jordan. not really like bothered by the fact that you took the object, the objective attitude there. No, no, I'm not saying that you need to be because I think that that was an example where it was in fact appropriate. But but I'm saying, um, like the, in my so in my mind, there was actually something that degraded your status. Like when I did that, like I no longer viewed you. Uh, as agentic um now i you were never deserving in a deep sense of praise or blame in either sense right but when i switched but when i switched to the objective stance like i very much viewed you as a variable in the situation yeah no i i completely understand that yeah um and i can see how that can be a a degradation in a sense but in a in a upon reflection to be honest I don't know if it is like, I mean, you said like you started treating me less agentically, but I mean, as you mentioned, I don't have agency whether or not, you know, you yes. projected it onto me. Yes, that's true. But but yeah. I'm just saying that the reactive we're when when we're undertaking the reactive attitudes, we're kind of acting as if people have agency, for lack of a better term. Right. Like we're just allowing our natural evolutionary Yeah, cognitively kind of, programmed to be kind, kind of, of inclined towards. Yeah. Precognitive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, you were I'm, born, I'm and it's stuff. not like you start reflecting on the non-age, like agency of your surroundings. It's yeah. it's very natural, and this is a combination of like genetic and psychological and cultural. Um, so but it's I'm, very yeah. deep. I so, I would think we both I'll, would agree there. I'll shut up about this point, but just to like kind of cap it off. So those yeah. are the two aspects of the reactive attitude that I think Summers misses, and that I think which does. Two? So, so the, um, the viewing someone as something to be kind of accounted for, right? And then um, the fact that it's a very cognitive task. Like, I think that those two things he misses. And that is why but, I am not okay. sure everything comes along. No, that's, that's really good, actually. I'm going to make a note of that. So it's... Um, I, I also have one, too. Cognizant action. Cog- cognitive. It, it's like cognitive, cognitive to take task. the objective stance is what you're saying. Uh, yes, more cognitive than the reactive attitudes. And then the second one was, uh, actually I did this in reverse order. The uh, other yeah. one was what that you kind of 
she misses totally that someone becomes a a variable, like a mechanistic detail of it, because the deserving of praise or blame, that's just true. uh, Whether you like you, you know, you deny robust moral responsibility. Sure. But that's that. Remember, we were like, that's the deeper end of the pool. Right. See, okay. this is actually really good and clarifying. And I think Um, I have like a natural react like a, a. let me rephrase that. <laughs> I, I thought of some uh, comments on these two points as you were like saying them and as I was writing them. But I think Adam had a question first. So I'll let him. Well, no, I'm just I'm just going to add I'm just going to add one more critique of, 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 of mine to that list. There is it just sure. that, and, and it's actually very similar to the ones Jordan just gave. But I a think plagiarism never hurts. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's slightly different, but it's that, you know, he kind of brushes aside the idea that the objective attitude distances ourselves from others. Mm. And I think it's evident in his language when we yeah. examine like, you know, okay. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. So I, like I, that. yeah, I think I'm Brian. I did. Do you have a comment on that as well? Well, or I you have to agree with I, me. I, I, had a more, I, had, I had more of a question. So hmm. is there, is the question more in, in this paper, more about ought we move to the objective attitude or could we move to the act? Uh, objective attitude and i'm both. wondering okay yeah it's yeah, both yeah, yeah right so if ought then could um so would you say that would you say jordan that you would never see you would say humans would never be able to obtain given infinite time obje- the objective attitude no actually that so so i was very much persuaded or at least more open to it um with his last section joshua's journey like that that actually that was a great section that was a great section that very much persuaded me to the to the possibility of it um okay because like brian your question is basically do you believe that buddhist monks are lying about their experience or not right like they like if you claim to be kind of fully enlightened, you are kind of exist. You're claiming that you view yourself and others always and in totality under the objective stance almost. Right. Like I just, so Jordan, I'm that could be possible. It could not be. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that like the monks were able to, even if it's not like a permanent state until their death, like just for like a period of time, really just completely took that objective lens. Well, it depends what you mean by period of time, because like I've really, really embodied the objective stance, but not for like a whole day, not even for like a whole hour. Well, but, I mean, like, did you, you do know it? What I mean? So I'm tying this back to one of your points here. Was it mm-hmm. cognitive when you were in this mode? Extremely. It was in- extremely cognitive. All right. Yeah. Okay. But what about like the example you gave earlier? You kind of like were just talking as like the host and you were reflecting on the fact that you kind of were doing things mechani- mechanistically. Yeah, um, you can witness yourself from time to time doing that. Yeah, you're right. But that seems to be like until you reflected on it, it was like a kind of mechanistic, non-cognitive objective frame that you were taking. Is that sound fair? No, I was I was saying that you you can actually notice that in real time. Like it's not necessarily just upon reflection. No, my I get my point was more so. You mentioned that the fact that it's a cognitive task that you need to kind of think about to take mm-hmm. the objective frame. But I thought you were giving an example earlier where you weren't thinking about it and you just kind of like as time passed, you kind of reflected back and like, oh, I think I was without consciously thinking about it in the objective frame. Do you you see my point or does anyone see my point here? No, I I think I think he was just commenting on just like the. uh, I don't know, this kind of just went back to like subjective agency. 
point. Yeah, yeah, just kind of just noticing like the mechanistic nature of like himself. But but I think like even like Summers like mentions in the paper here that our intuition is actually to adopt the subjective attitude. So you'd pretty much have to like rewire your brain. No, my yeah, my point was did Jordan experience an instance where he kind of reflectively went into the objective attitude without it being a conscious kind of calculation on his part. Reflectively? No, I mean, I think you do have to, like, sounds like, weird. Basically, my point was you were in the act, it. and I, you I, were treating yourself, it seemed like, non-agentically. And then, like you said, and now I'm realizing it now, a second ago, I was kind of just, like, naturally... No, no, no. You're. I think you're. For some reason, you're focusing on like the second ago. I, I'm saying no. You can experience it in real time. Is that experience what in the real time? Just the fact that you have no idea where anything comes from. Like it's all just out of the void. Well, I guess what I'm trying to kind of. I'm. I'm very confused about the point that you're trying to get to. I'll be honest. Okay, so you said like the one of the things that uh, he missed in the paper was the fact that it's a cognitive task to t- kind of take the objective attitude. Yeah, I'm saying it's not necessarily a cognitive task because sometimes it can be done completely unconsciously. No, no, you're you're missing the fact that I, I said it wasn't unconscious. Like you, you, if I'm actually trying to just witness like that non-agentic character of my experience, it is kind of something that you have to like. Let me just focus on this for a second. So that is like, and, a, and you not, know, like not necessarily though. Like we, no, we, like, yeah, we like, like exactly we've like we've discussed cases. You know, yeah. like a child or just like someone whose past is just you know so abhorrent yes. that we recognize we we view them objectively, and that's not necessarily like you know. Yeah. So um, my point is basically: is it is it no, a no, non-zero kind of situation? Yes, and I think you're glossing over the fact that the subjective the subjective agency was what I was saying was one aspect of the objective attitude, but he's missing the other aspect. So yeah, that one aspect can kind of cross over, but I don't know what you mean by like that one aspect. I, I think we should move on from this point because like it's not I don't think it's actually central to the to the paper, but he he's just saying that one reason why people resist taking the objective attitude in its totality. Yeah. is because we it runs counter to our subjective experience, right? Sure. And I'm just saying that that's a bad reason to resist it um, because you don't necessarily have to have that subjective experience. But you could just... It, it, it comes apart from the objective stance, especially with respect to other people, which I think is the main kind of thrust of this, right? Like, you can be, like, very mindful of the fact that you're just, like, erupting in anger at someone, right? But that would still be the reactive attitudes, like, with respect to other people. You would just be, like, very kind of oddly noticing every intonation of that experience yourself. I think I get what you were saying about that point, but I do. Th- I thought I was kind of on a um, <laughs> relevant trail with your, like, comment but we can move past it. That's okay. Giffen, Giffen. I, I, yeah. but, but like before we move past it, give give like one more statement there of like what you think Jordan was trying to say. Because I, I, yeah, like, no, that's I, fine. I, I could just, totally just... be off base here. I thought Jordan had said um, that one of the things that he faulted um, Somers here uh, was the fact that he ignores the fact that the objective attitude is one that is by necessity, cognitive. There's a cognitive load that is associated with it. Yes, yeah. yes. 
And my point was, I don't agree with that statement because I think it is not necessarily cognitive. It, it, there are some like I do you do you mean that there are instances where it's not necessarily cognitive or all the time? Because like he's arguing no, literally like there a, is a, exist you what you're an for, instance. Giffen, I think I think you can kind of be pre-committal to certain objective like stances. I, I do think you can do that. OK, so that makes um, I think actually I think we broke through the uh, concern here because all I was trying to uh, address was I think that it is not necessarily <laughs> cognitive yeah, th yeah there was a much easier issue. way to get get that out of me yeah well, like I, I, didn't, I clearly just didn't take that path then so i apologize I, i'll suspend reactivity towards you <laughs> no like Keep i suspended <laughs> like i think i think yeah like like you can totally like like i do this like you can kind of pre-commit to be very objective with respect to like certain people or certain people in certain situations um, to the point that it's like as natural as like walking no cognitive load see even if in moments even if in moments it just needs to be it, a non-zero thing that i want to get from you well see this is why i think so again I, I think that you're kind of reading a lot of disagreement into me with the latter parts of the paper because i'm disagreeing with the grounding like i i, I actually love the rest of the paper um like i think that his whole thing with the with the analogy he draws with like someone becoming an atheist is totally valid. Like you no, can, I don't, I don't think that you thought that it wasn't. Um, I was just specifically focusing on your the comments that you gave, which were very clarifying for me about like mm. your problems with like his. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. it would be kind of like the foundational aspects. I'm just trying to clarify that because to me, there's a huge yes. difference between thinking that the objective attitude necessitates a cognitive load versus often requires a cognitive load. There's a big I, difference to me for that. I think it very often requires a large cognitive load. I would I'm, agree with you even. Here's what I'm not sure about. Is the objective attitude always a higher? So I'm making just a comparative claim. Is the objective attitude always a higher cognitive load than the reactive attitudes? That's that's a question that I don't know what I think about. I, I think it would be... Uh, no, it's not always higher. And I think you almost gave an example where like you just kind of programmed yourself or you were programmed by your environment to react of, like see the into that thing? frame. So I mean, we were heavily biased towards the, you know, the um, yeah. reactive attitude and like the cognitive load is very clear often to get to the objective attitude. I my claim that I just wanted to get and see if you agreed with or not was is it nece necessarily the case? Here's here's the, this is actually super interesting. So this is this is a real problem kind of um, for like me one that's is because I or you mean like for well, for me, yeah. So like I actually kind of wish that he was more right about his thesis than he is. At least maybe, <laughs> like, like this is maybe just a me issue. But so there are there are like let's just say that there's kind of a certain like there are certain people in my life which I find myself uh, it would be just more moral for everyone involved if I was actually able to take the objective stance, right? Like everyone would be better off. And a lot of the time I am very successful in having like a pre-commitment to doing it. But the times that I mess up, it's because the reactive attitudes just just escape almost, right? Like you can't catch them oh, before, yeah, they're, totally. before they're out. So that's why I am not sure that the objective attitude is not always... A okay. No, that's actually great. So I think you finally understand, and I finally understand, like the yeah. point of this discussion, or well, not the whole discussion, but like this point yeah. that I was harping on is could, to me. I think there are some consequences to the fact that it's not 
necessarily cognitive. But just I, like I wish proportionally, I, I wish I actually could just get into the like objective stance much more absolutely from time to time. Yeah, like okay. I honestly wish I could. I don't, Adam and Brian. Do you guys think it's necessarily like um? I'll get the same thing I like answered to Jordan. Are you unsure about like whether it's like a higher um load necessarily to uh, take the um? objective stance compared to the reactive like that there's just like an absolute well, I, I mean i guess i've oh brian do you want to go first or well, yeah what do you mean so when you say like the higher load do you say it's like does it take more does it always take more brain power in a situation to take the objective attitude versus the reactive and like say, the obvious thing here is like clearly proportionally if you you go into the reactive attitude and then you have to kind of will yourself and like explained yourself to take the objective attitude to be like the better option but i'm saying i don't think that's always the case well I, no i, I, I don't i don't think it's always the case i agree with that okay. but it's overwhelmingly the case yeah i um, think that's probably fair and but the fact that it is the case in some aspects i think informs that we can change in those aspects and it's just a matter of how much we can change in those aspects so okay i think that this might be fair. a good point of further discussion later because i'm not sure jordan if we agree or not yet i'm almost sort of wishing i did agree with you more maybe i, I don't know we'll have to we'll have to see you wish for my blissful ignorance <laughs> <laughs> well it's like I just find myself like when I do like because because many, many times I do successfully just embody the objective stance. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and I actually think that most people, whether they realize it or not, are basically doing it, a f at, you know, at least once a day, probably like, right. This is just almost what it means to kind of deal with someone. Right. Like. Yeah, if you if maybe you deal with someone every day and it's just like the reactive kind of like good morning. It's like you yeah. aren't really viewing like interested in their kind of inner epic <laughs> that they're living. It's just like I have a responsibility socially to say good morning to this person and then, you know, have at least a non angry yes. demeanor and then you pass by. So it, like it, it's essentially the same thing as just avoiding walking into the water cooler, <laughs> right? Like, it, yeah. It, so it, it, OK, yeah. so I think are we comfortable clarifying that as kind of an example where like the, the cognitive load would actually be higher to take like the reactive stance where you're just like kind of deeply um, viewing them as an agent just because it's so natural to just kind of like yeah pass them by. So this, this is just probably like a case by case person. But the thing that I'm worried about is I, so I don't know what role potentiality plays in this claim by, by summers. So if I, have successfully kind of you know just just really my natural reaction is the objective stance with respect mm -hmm. to someone at work say yeah, anything right? yeah let's just choose that right so so i'm worried that um if that person were to bring up something that i would be embarrassed of right like to to become embarrassed in front of someone is a very reactive attitude right um uh I'm I'm thinking about like so if if you if you always were kind of like you had habituated yourself to the objective stance, but if that person were to just like oh I heard X about you or whatever that thing is like very embarrassing, yeah. right? Um, and 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 if they did that, then I would just really be reactive about that. I I don't know. It, so would that would be you? to? 
I don't know. I mean, I think I, really, I, I, I think if you were to view this person like as an object for like weeks on end, and then they suddenly bring up something like you, you probably wouldn't give a damn what they think. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think I Maybe still. The stand dirt by, has I, made me aware that I have big feet or something. You know, marginal. Yeah, you would. Well, no, but but like, but like the point I'm trying to make though is like I still agree with like your initial point that I do think there's like a degrading aspect to yeah, yeah, you know keeping the objective attitude you know uh, at least for an extended period of time of someone mm -hmm. so so it's like you know who why why would you care like what that person would say to you after like you know a I, week of just viewing them as an object to deal with well actually an interesting point is embarrassment is kind of a self-centered one so it's where you're viewing yourself as an agent almost i think where no, it's like no really uh, well, if it's an interesting like fact by yourself it might be something that like reflects poorly on you as if you were an agent but to be fair um you wouldn't you, you only feel that way because it's with respect to another person bringing it up like okay, maybe in some cases actually embarrassment is like outward but i also think it could be inward yeah because like because i said yeah no I'll, I'll take that back entirely it could be either it's not necessarily yeah, inward because I think the point is illustrated by just like if that like factoid that was like embarrassing was just printed off of like you know, you just like go to the printer and that like that fact about <laughs> you is just printed off on a sheet of paper. The only reason you'd actually be concerned is because you would think that that would have been printed by another person. You're not actually concerned that it's just like on the paper spit out by this machine. Well, sure. There might be some sort of like if you think about it, you know, it's like if it was like a event that reflects poorly on you it could be sure. something like between itself but i think yeah at the very least it definitely has a social element especially in this case so that was my bad for bringing that up yeah um, okay but, so maybe so maybe actually okay maybe maybe i'm softening a little bit on i think it's definitely because i'm thinking about just myself and i, and I think yeah. that it's very true to say that i have made a pre-commitment to take the objective stance with certain people in certain situations yeah. and maybe that pre-commitment itself is a an extremely cognitive load or, or cognitive task but then i can kind of habituate myself into it not being a, a cognitive task right so in like the instance itself it would be lower than the reactive attitude in the cognitive yes. task. but it and would I, maybe necessitate all of the pre you know orientation and I think that that is easier uh, in a directly proportional relationship to how distant or kind of removed or inconsequential that person is to you, right? Like, it's it's probably way easier to take the objective stance towards just some random, like, coworker in another department. Totally. And it's probably, like, a little bit less easy to take it with respect to like a new friend and you're like playing pickup sports or something and they like foul you hard, you know, then it's like, it's, it, you know, you just walk it back. It's just more and more hard. Like probably like a romantic partner is the, is the hardest. Yeah. Version. Wife, <laughs> wife and best friend of like 50 years, just you, like an impossibly high. Yeah, exactly. What are, you laugh, what are you laughing about? <laughs> Adam's got to laugh. Has no, he been I'm just, trailing I'm, you in badminton? I don't think I strive to take the um, uh, reactive <laughs> attitude in all manners. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, if Giffen's still hanging out in the objective attitude, how can we bring it out? How can we bring him back to the reactive here? No, what? <laughs> okay, let's not like it's a game show. I do what, think that might what be, could be a worthy... be said to? It might know. be a worthy thought experiment, but let's not use that frame. <laughs> just like egging me on. No, no, of course not. I'm just, that's, that's no, just no, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. I don't know that 
it's necessarily degrading. I don't know if I share that view about like taking the objective attitude attitude towards people. Don't confuse I, degrading with immoral. I'm not necessarily saying like because because you know obviously as you know I think the objective stance is very okay, often the moral a one. Great clarifying point, Jordan. Yeah. So you so you think the de- the degradation then could be amoral? No, I think it could even be moral. Like I I, I think that well. I'm actually working on a paper right now for like this conference that I'm working on. Um, Moral degradation, but in like <laughs> well, a deeply personal sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just more. You have a moral obligation to degrade everyone who comes into your path. <laughs> it's just like it just goes well beyond the objective. Stance. It's just like <laughs> it's just like how can you just degrade? I center my entire universe around this one fact. It, it, it actually it involves it out. It actually involves strong reactive attitudes. <laughs> 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 sorry i that was kind of funny no, we're on a paper right now specifically talking about like the amorality of no the morality of it so i think that in certain circumstances the objective attitude is actually re- morally required even at the yeah. cost of degrading this the person's uh like the, the individual's status of personhood in your mind okay no i totally agree with that yeah that sounds cool like a cool paper actually i th- i think it would be a very cool paper um if if the degradation it doesn't have a moral element then, um, or if it, like it could be either amoral or moral, um, then I'm not sure if the, uh, well, okay, that matters as much at that point. You no, know, no, it does. The way you phrased it, I, I wouldn't agree with. Oh, that's yeah, easily easily so, a problem uh, on my end. I'm not saying that it just like kind of comes out in the wash. Like it's just it's it's a moral. It's, I'm saying it's actually like deeply. It can be deeply moral. Uh, like a yeah. m- real moral imperative to take the objective stance in some situations. Yeah, even at the kind of social degradation of the other person. It, not even social, just like oh, <clears throat> well, the uh, the experiential or like directly to you, right? Okay. Like, um, um, even if it so makes like, you feel like you're degrading them. Yes. So, okay. so one of the instances. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So one of the instances is if you have a um. You could imagine, like, <clears throat> you have a very um, um, asymmetrical kind of dependent relationship with someone, maybe temporarily, right? Yeah. Um, um, it's hard to bring up a good example. It's not a little betraying here. Um, say, betray me. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That that was not my concern. Okay. <laughs> betray me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Degrade me. Betray me. <laughs> Degrade me. In public, Jordan. <laughs> it's the moral thing to do. <laughs> this is some strange let's say, gaslighting. Let's say, let's say, like, you know, there's a person who um, is temporarily dependent on another person in a way that is not, it's like the arrangement of their, of the dependency is not itself immoral, right? So there's no, there's no kind of background ethical quality. Like a physical or emotional dependency kind of thing? But yeah, physical or like maybe even like monetary or something, because emotional oh. is a little too valenced. Something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, and the person that they're dependent on is someone with whom they don't actually, they can't actually take the objective stances, right? But um, if they were to just totally remove themselves from this situation, both parties might be worse off. Um, but because of the dynamics of that relationship to remain in that situation requires taking the objective stance 
towards that other person, even at the cost of degrading that person's status for you. And I'm basically arguing that it's outweighed um, on a consequentialist basis just because of the A, results in the other person, uh, but B, tangential results for you. That's actually pretty interesting because I'm like coming to the realization and like this can be, you know, uh, critiqued by you guys. But I'm like, I really don't know if I view uh, like have that same sense of kind of uh, degradation, even after you clarify that's not like a moral claim. I clarified it is a moral claim. Why do you keep saying it's not? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I, I mean, like, it's not immoral to do. Oh, OK. okay. I, I, I was not clarifying. Sorry, my mind. I'm like I trying to be of, careful, I but I have a bit of reactivity like, towards you. That. I was genuinely annoyed. <laughs> understandable. What I mean is like, you clarified that it's not an immoral claim you're making about the yeah, degradation. Yeah, yeah. So it's either moral or, you know, so, neutral. So, like, I'm just curious when you. When you. I think that this tends to correlate with like what we would consider our best relationships, right? Like if you think of kind of like just the best relationships you have with people. Sure. I, I feel like those relationships are ones where you can really just let down kind of filters or guards. Now, yeah. you're, you're very helplessly reactive with people. You can be emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> things like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. If that specifically for you, I guess <laughs> you could do that. And and so just to like, clarify the magnitude of like the closeness of the relationship. No, yeah, I was just making I was just trying to make a joke. Yeah, but like you're very like you're honest in a way that's not calculated. Like there, there there's this there's not a valence of everything is passing through like this consequential the social filter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maybe well, not strictly social, but I know. Well, you I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking I'm, like of like Jordan's annoyance right there. Like, yeah. I guess for me, Giffen, like what's yeah. the distinction you make between like Jordan's annoyance under like a reactive attitude versus like, you know, an objective attitude? Good, good because question. because like, like the, OK, I actually want to hear you answer that first. If you need like <laughs> a, you know, a clarifying question, um, ask it. Well, I I guess I am never sure which one it is. Wait, no, but, I, but no, but okay, no, but I, well, like what I mean is like, for, like from the objective attitude, like yeah. it wouldn't really be like directed annoyance in the sense that like Jordan would just be like if he was viewing you through like the objective lens at that point. Yeah, he he's not annoyed necessarily about like My you choices. as an you as an agent making deciding to make that comment. Yeah, yeah. But it was more of just like that the comment him, was made. Yeah, the comment. I'm annoyed was about made. the situation. I immediately been placed into exactly so it's like yeah it is that that's a very big perspective shift there. real quick real quick and what's more than that i would be negatively responding to you in order to get you to change or something like that it wouldn't just be my reaction sorry now answer i don't well again again part of this does require me having like knowledge of you know, what perspective Jordan's taking, but I'm not sure I'm too bothered by if he took the objective attitude. No, no, that's not, I don't think that was the no, question. No, no, but okay, but say, say, say you were like annoyed at me, Giffen, like, yeah, like what, and you were totally embodying the objective attitude. What, what would that look like? I just want to hear what that would look like. I honestly am trying to reflect. This is like me trying to remember instances where there could be like a very similar situation where I took, you know, either or. And I'm not sure what the mag like the difference 
would be terribly, specifically with respect to like viewing them as an agent. Because I'm a mad. Kind of a weird. Well, then what's the like? In what it seems like you can't really honestly summers that much if there's not a whole lot of difference. What was the what was the case you brought up, Adam? Maybe I want to see if I can answer that. Yeah, so if, if, Brian's perspective. yeah, just because like if you, if you were annoyed at me, Brian, like I, I made some comment on the podcast you thought was either you know moronic or insensitive <laughs> or something like that, right? So <laughs> if, if. Uh, yeah, if, if just like when, what would be the objective? But, answer yeah, that? but like, like like how would you actually distinguish that? Because I think Jordan and I have like laid out like. Maybe not like a perfect idea of like what the objective attitude is, but are you seeing it differently? Like, what would that look okay. like for you? Let's let's decompose the scenario then. So we have the event, which is uh, you saying something terrible, and you sure. are the thing that are that is doing that action. So in that case, I would probably assume that that's it's based off of ignorance. So you don't understand something, you don't know something. So then I would probably uh, tell you why the thing that I think you don't know, and hope that informs you not doing it in the future but 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 notice like the subtle perspective shift there where it's like you know the the actions there i'm not as concerned with like because those could just be you know consequentialist at that point you're just trying to kind of like direct my behavior in that in that sense but like the attitudinal shift for me is like okay you know i'm annoyed at him but versus the objective which is sort of like i'm just annoyed that he is the way he is (laughs) I'm annoyed that, you know, you know, he, that he said what he did, but not because he's an agent that decided to say it, but rather because he is <laughs> just a thing that mm. said this. Right. Yeah. You're upset yeah. with the event. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is, do you think that's not how we should view things? I think I think it 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 does distance us in the sense that like you're no longer upset with me. You're upset with the almost like the entire environment that created me. You know what I mean? I think there's a truth so, to that, though. Yeah, but, but it's, what, but it's a shift. What portion though. of the time do you find yourself taking these stances? Because I think I'm, I know what you're getting at. Like, to answer your question, if I'm imagining myself taking a reactive attitude, like in the moment, I'm not being like the kind of like self-reflective or just generally reflective person, maybe like whatever my guard's down or something like that, I would probably react with like, you know, anger or like, you know, yeah like just critique or yelling something like that right yeah. um but i find myself like most of the time just like able to like self-reflect in a situation where like in like interpersonally where i like am thinking and i this is an instance where you're describing where it's like a kind of a negative thing that happens and how i react sure, sure. Um, but i like usually probably do go through the same it was similar to what brian was describing is like i am kind of viewing the variables here i view variables all the time okay. but but i, I, I guess i mean, I mean do, do, you, do, you like, do you like with like positive aspects though like i, I kind of want to like flip it a little bit just oh, to yeah. kind of just mix it up like you know say say all four of us met up and you know i i don't know i mean this would be uncharacteristically kind of me <laughs> once again but <laughs> okay, i like this thought experiment but, he actually but, just doesn't even have to give any details i somehow reached out like a week before or whatever and like kind of got an idea of like what everyone's beers like what they liked right so like i picked them all up and you know brought like a whole case of just like drinks that people like you know yeah. giffins you know uh 
you know, the seltzers that you like or, you, you know, or whatever. thoughtful to bring something specifically for me if I don't drink alcohol. Exactly. Which yeah. is so, a, a great matter of like foresight on your part. And I greatly would appreciate that. Sure. So I've done I'm something. God, done... I won't drink. I won't drink alcohol. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me actually, let me actually, okay, go, go ahead, Jordan. Did you hear what? So Giffen, I think when you said, and I would greatly appreciate that, that was a very reactive thing that you said. Is it? Well, we'll get into that, but it depends on the valence of it. I, I, I mean, think, I can be appreciative of, you know, the. <laughs> but you said it, but mm, I don't know. I don't want to mind read, but the, like, oh. the kind of. It, it, you, I think in that moment, were very grateful to him. You weren't necessarily grateful that a, like a chain of events happened wherein you ended up with a seltzer. I mean, it, yeah, it's. Yeah, the, I, I, I can be appreciative like of Adam. I think I can be appreciative of Adam as a non-agent, though, just as a very incredibly complex thing. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. But, 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 but like, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I really want to focus on one word, though. Got to yeah. focus on one word because I think Jordan pointed it out here sure. that it's 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 really directed where sure. it's, you know, appreciative, you know, of me or rather than, you know, appreciative well, I mean, to me. I literally you know I mean? have that of that. or to. So it's like it, it's I, I really do think it's, you know, the objective attitude is like you know really well named actually in a sense where it's you appreciative too. I have that exactly. You actually note. do have that note. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I I do think that you know verbally that it's it's. Not, I don't know if I've ever said appreciative to something. Um. Well, yeah, but it's an awkward phrase. Like <laughs> you, that would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not curious what the difference is then. Yeah. No, but it's just like you know I appreciated that you did this. Not I appreciate that you are the way that you are well, let's let's do a different comparison then because that's like i think not necessarily capturing what i'm imagining i would be appreciative of an apple that fell nearby if i was hungry and i would still use the word of no yeah no, yeah because that is objective though we're saying that the yeah. of is objective anyway so you chose an i'm saying it's the same case. of whenever you bring me seltzers adam <laughs> wait so so you view adam in the same way that so okay here's what we're asking Okay. Is there any difference between on one end of the spectrum, a broken vending machine that happens to like spit out a, a seltzer for free versus Adam who brings over one with all of these kind of intentions and he like wanted to do something kind for you versus like a, a tr and a tree dropping an apple is somewhere in between those two. So I think this is actually kind of what um, what Somers alludes to in his observations about people critiquing the objective attitude and that he said he like the examples are always given kind of like a slanted like shallowness like you're basically putting me in the situation where i equate adam to a vending machine no no but if, but if i think I, i'm gonna like he's not a vending machine i don't literally view him as just like kind of like a a you know marginal mm -hmm. like you utility increasing you know device <laughs> on my part sure um like I think there's a deep richness even without the kind of um, reactive stance there. However, like, with like with the language that you employ, though, it's you're not actually equating me to a vending machine at all. But with the language, you are viewing me with the same agency as the vending machine. Yeah, well, that could be just an, was, yeah. that's an enormous. Well, I mean, yeah, I think I act, am. Wait, wait, I wait. Think because no, neither of us have agency, so wait, this, it is technically agency true. isn't the question. Agency isn't the question. Oh, okay, yeah. It's, do you react to them the same? And I think you don't because I wouldn't. If a broken vending machine 
like gave me a seltzer for free, I would be like, hell yeah, like this is awesome. I would have no gratitude towards the vending machine. If Adam brings over a seltzer, just out of nowhere, I'd be like, oh, thanks, man. Like that was super nice of you. And I would have yeah. gratitude towards him. It's not about the agency. It's about your reaction to them. Because the whole point I think that we're trying to make is that, that these things are separable concepts. Well, that's the point that I was making where he doesn't well, I think they're separable, but based on like other factors, mostly the fact that humans are deeply complex. Well, no, no, but that, but that's. I think that that's on a different level of analysis because that's a that was. Do you remember we were talking about like I? This is like another paper I need to write at some point. But like sure. all of these compatibilist distinctions are actually about evaluations of character. They're not about evaluations of freedom, right? right? I don't think that that. So that comes down to like much more of the kind of deep moral responsibility question but the reactive attitudes i think is much a shallower and like a i don't mean that in a pejorative way like if i so so what i'm asking you is not necessarily do you evaluate them differently or do you think they have different levels of agency this is just like a very kind of basic question sure. is do you react to those two things differently of a course broken, i do okay um, but that can be explained by things other than like, yeah, I, I don't know. Can we get a d different example than a vending machine just so we can get it like, okay, I'll give you one. Like, can... I just like feel like I just genuinely <laughs> feel bad because I feel like we're just calling Adam a vending machine over and over. Again, no, but, which but is the thing not is, my kind of, no, it's, it's the contrast that he's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. The, uh, okay, let me, let me give a different example, Giffen. Sure. So what about, um, you know, a, you're, you're drowning, but then a dog jumps in the river to save you. And then kind of drags you out of the water That's versus a, a versus a human being that jumps in and drags you out of the water. Are you going to have different reactions to the dog and the human? Yes, I will. But so it would probably and, be pretty damn similar. Not going to lie. Sure, sure. I would just sure. be remarking about the remarkableness of this like dog that just is like you're risking its life for me. Okay, do you think something would be lost if you view, so you said they're very similar. Incredible. Would any would anything be lost even just minutely if you viewed the human uh, who saved you as identical to the dog who saved you? Well, again, yes, technically, but it it's not, it's not really a loss, it's a change. Mm -hmm. I really view don't view it as a loss. See, like, I regardless view it, in I both situations, the universe has cascaded down for, you know, Billions of years to the point where this... That's a different level of an... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I, I mean, you got the gist of it, though. Like, Yeah, but but so my entire these, point about all of yeah. this is that I think that that's a different level of analysis. So this is why I think Summers makes a mistake to talk about RMR. But, well, the, I don't think it's necessarily because... I. You said a different level of analysis, and you're kind of referring back to like the cognitive load of the objective attitude, right? Uh, yes. But what I'm saying is it is possible to like either you can just imagine either a world where it's the mm -hmm. barrier is much lower or there whatever is no cognitive there's load. a yeah. single yeah. moment <clears throat> where everything aligns and i just like naturally have taken yes. this without any cognitive load right oh, just, you're actually not talking about the cognitive load now you're talking about the degradation no i'm talking about the cognitive load well, i think you mean to be talking about the degradation um, I, I pretty sure because like you know in a world in which in a world in which it's totally let's just remove any barriers to the objective attitude it's something sure. that you actually can just embody yeah 
I actually do think that something would be lost because of the degradation to the person. Um, well, this that, could be an example where not the entire well, universe is different, but just like that person is particularly predisposed towards the objective attitude or something. Well, if I so so remember, Summers is making a claim about the ubiquitous objective stance. So so if I viewed so I'll just I mean I'll just like you you I'll circle back to the question you asked. You yeah. said how often do you find yourself taking both stances? Yeah. I find myself taking the objective stance very often, yeah. very often indeed. Okay, cool. However, the, it's like there's like there's like another paper I want to write. I think that the obje the object or the 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 objective stance um, is a good measure. It's actually a really good heuristic of how well or how poorly your relationship is with someone. So okay. for me, th this is just me personally. I'm curious if you guys differ, but with someone who I have just a really, really wonderful relationship with, I rarely, if ever, embody the objective stance. Obviously, I actually do with everyone at some, like, you just got to kind of grease the wheels of the relationship from time to time, right? Like, they're, they're always just little things that you Performative just, actions are reflective. <clears throat> you just got to, like, let go of something or just, like, gloss over. Like, you just, you know, you know, you can't always be reactive, right? But, like, so here's, so, so, when Adam and I play badminton, um, <laughs> there there actually would be something lost to those games if I viewed both him and myself in the total objective stance. Like I get what would be lost. So I wouldn't actually be able to feel like both. Like sometimes I'm like extremely angry with him that he's like just you know one like that series like sure. like like that series over and over, but it's like a very um, it's like a very you know it's like a fun kind of mad, but but I'm actually like seriously angry with him and like seriously okay. angry with myself when I like Adam is like and like strong reactive attitudes you know what I mean, <laughs> and then. And then, you know, we'll like laugh about it, like how angry I got when I when I lose. Right. And so, like, yeah. Uh, so all of our interactions are extremely um, reflexive for me. I, I for zero seconds of the good interactions am thinking about how to kind of manage him how to produce certain reactions in him. I'm not thinking of any of that, actually. But it sounds like then what do you kind of have oh, lost? And, and if I and if I were to do those things, I would lose the very kind of reflexive things that make our relationship what it is. Well, to me, what you're describing is what you lose if you go to the objective stance is like just like the mental processing that has to occur. Um, it's more than that. You like the change in like perspective would be like Jordan would be like furious that the game was going the way it was that he that that his that he was unable to play you know as well as he it can include but, you in that calculation though it, it could but it wouldn't be directed and the, and the directed part makes it fun so yes it can <laughs> yes. still be directed like, it can still like, be directed. Well, no, no, it could be directed, but it would have to be explicitly for consequentialist aims. I would have to be expressing my anger at Adam for an aim. No, not, not necessarily. I, I Okay, well, so we really disagree about this then. So, okay, so let's yeah, get into yeah. it. Yeah. 
So as this kind of connects back to the conversation I was having before about like the necessity of the cognitive load, if you you can imagine that like uh, that the objective stance um, has been like the default, so you don't have to worry about like the negative aspect of taking the objective stance being like you have to reflect and like the heavy cognitive load by your decisions that can be taken away because we discussed the fact that it's not necessarily that case. I understand totally in your example, like yeah. it would, you'd lose so much because you're like re reflecting on like the consequentialist added like aspect constantly like that. That sounds awful. Like just truly embodying like a deeply concerned consequentialist at all times is awful. What I'm saying is you can still get like so, so like the natural like course of your reaction can still be directed. It can still have like basically zero cognitive load because mm -hmm. it's just reflective you know, based on all of your sure, all the environment leading up to that point, it can still involve like the deep um, aspect of the interpersonal relationship with the other person. You know, like all of your lived shared experiences, yep, the yep. uniqueness of that person that you're with, the you know, you know, the odds of just like the beautiful day that you're sharing. All of that can okay. still be captured in the objective stance. And then, what would you have to add for it to be reactive? Then. Good question. Because you have to just you have to just like, you'd have to for it to be reactive, then you'd have to just have an internalized sense that they're an agent, I guess. Right. Definitionally that see, that's where I just know you, you don't have to. Isn't that what this, the reactive attitude is? Well, I don't think you have to hold this cognitive stance of this person is an agent like that. See, this is where I'm this is where I, I think that like summers goes wrong is because he thinks that all of this results from like determinism being true but n no like i actually don't think that that takes reactive attitudes off the table it, well is like, is not the reactive attitude defined by the um viewing of the object as the an agent giffen giffen I, I i think like for me at least like the the answer to that question like for me is yes but at the same time yes what i don't, that, I don't know the question i'm sorry uh, the question <laughs> that you need to view the other person as an agent for it to be a reactive attitude right but as hang if on they but, were. but as if they were you know an agent so but the thing is though let's see where was i going to go with that one all right <laughs> so, circle back circle back i i, <laughs> I, I messed i'm you sorry up. i didn't know that like that, that interruption i was like yes uh, yes yeah, <laughs> that was my bad i just genuinely bad. wasn't sure what question you were referencing um, um, i can just keep talking until you get that reactive attitude oh, no okay okay no i've, I've got it, it back. Yeah, I've got <laughs> back. no like but like but the idea is that um but it's gone again. It's gone again. It's gone again. It disappeared twice. How did we? Did we want to read any more of the paper? What a terrible thing! I've got it one more time. Okay, go for <laughs> it. One final time. Okay, so the idea with like the like the reactive attitude is that you're not consciously holding that that, that idea that like the other person's an agent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just kind of like a built-in assumption, sure. right? So, but I think with like the objective attitude. You're kind of like almost, at least for me, like consciously holding the idea that the other person's like actually yeah. they're not an agent. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, but, but what I'm saying is though that view is not a necessity. It is proportionally basically every human. What? Wait, it's not a necessity to the objective attitude. No, it's it's not a necessity that humans have to naturally. But, but I don't think we were ever saying. 
Oh, uh, not natural. But I, but I think that we've already I already admitted that you can kind of like a, accustom yourself to. Well, to me that I I think that makes you committed to like um, a change of stance then with this example, because no. if if the only thing that's different is that you can like you have somehow developed a in like the back the deep back of your mind yeah you've like removed that default human instinct to review other people's agents well i know we are talking about one person versus all of humanity like that that is a big difference well i'm talking about in the badminton example but that would be just one per like i could attend well, I... well we're talking about like this person i mean the the objective reaction and the subjective i'm sorry the reactive attitudes that we're talking about are with respect to a person so that's why we're using this person as an example in this case what i'm mm -hmm. saying is you can just imagine a world without that deep like or just imagine like this person miraculously the only person in human existence just did not get that ingrained sense of agency yeah. in, in other people sure can have just as rich of a relationship with another person because he's doing the same thing he's reacting to his joy and everything else in this badminton match and afterwards in the reflection it's just so that I, in the back of his mind he just doesn't have that sense of the agency i don't know what you mean by that then so, like, if he doesn't have a sense of agency, but he's doing things that are indistinguishable from the reactive attitudes, what does that mean, then, to have a sense of agency? Well, it's not... We're not talking about his sense of agency. We're talking about his sense of the other, other people's. Sure. What does that mean, then? Well, I mean, I guess we, we agreed that, like, humans have a kind of deep, internalized aspect of their psychology, which I'll impart onto other people, um... Agency, think, right? Yeah. We, we behave as if they have agency, right? Yes. Naturally. I'm just imagining a person who just did I not... know. I know what you're imagining, but I'm saying you have failed to clarify, I think, how that... So you're saying this person has everything the reactive attitudes come to have to offer, but he just doesn't view people as agents. And I'm saying, what do you mean by that? Because that is, like... That's how we, like, to view someone as if they were agentic is to have these reactions towards them. Not necessarily. I think you're even disagreeing with Summers here. Then. I may be. I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm not, I think that you're maybe confusing a few, there, there are a couple of parallel lines that I think you might be running together. Because, like, it's possible. Uh, yeah, but, but, but I don't let's know. actually let's actually go like go back to like a specific emotion though, like sure. like like directed emotion. So I don't know. I mean, because Giffen, you're saying you could you could like you know kind of view somebody the same, um, but also like hold the idea that they're not agentic, which is like you know fine. But like let's you know let's say um, I don't know. Like like what would be a good emotion here? Um, just sure. like, I don't know, how about eight? Yeah, whatever, I don't just you pick. gratitude, sure. you know, like, it, can you really view, you know, um, can you have like gratitude sort like towards someone, but also like hold that they're not agentic? Absolutely. Like, but, but you got to hold both thoughts simultaneously. Sure. Okay, so what would that look like to you? I'm imagining a deeply deeply complex animal like a dolphin or an elephant just doing some absurd task like jordan in the like in the drowning dog scenario mm -hmm. i would hold gratitude towards like one of those most deeply intelligent animals and i don't have any internalized sense that they are agents 
Would that be an example that explains it? Not, even, not exactly with that I, one. I think that you've even disagreed with Summers here. Like, he explicitly says that under the objective stance, you wouldn't even be grateful, like, to someone. You would be grateful that they were the way they were. So, I mean, like, it's kind of similar, though. N- no, no, no. It's very, it's directed versus very kind of just generalized. You can, but you can, di- no, that's not the difference, though, because you can direct at objects. We already discussed this, I thought. No, but to direct at objects under the objective stance would have to be for some sort of other aim, is what I'm saying. Like that, but because it doesn't if you need don't to be for wanna... some other aim, though, because you said it can be non-cognitive. Then, can you can you be like grateful no. to the tree? Can you be grateful to the tree, or can you be grateful of the tree? Like if it drops an apple, you can be grateful to the tree. You can be grateful to the tree. Yeah, I I I, I think we're just having like linguistic difficulties at this part. At this point, I don't know. Like, I I feel like actually, this is a point of clarification. Like, I think you could be kind of grateful, like, to the tree in a deep sense. You just kind of be mistaken. But, I, like, I can get, like, I you'd can be, understand that concept. You'd be, like, you'd very be, mistaken. Well, imagine, you'd like, you'd, you'd, you'd be grateful just, of the tree. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, you, you, could, you could personify the tree. Like, okay, no, but, okay. No, but, but, the, but that's, your no, point, that's your point. No, yeah. it, no exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I'm agreeing. I mean, Adam, like, I'm agreeing. You, you can personify the tree. Yes, that's what I'm getting at here. Yeah, it's my, yeah, I'm saying. I want to go back to your, um, concerned uh, just a moment ago about the like there needs to be some reason for which you are acting under the objective stance you're viewing someone as something to be accounted for because not no the i thought that like definitionally it's simply like the lack of agency on their part no that's not even summer that's not even summer's definition he just says that no one is deserving of praise or blame It, it really has nothing to do with agency like he I thought like his basis for that claim was the fact that the agency he's just saying, he's is just what saying is required that, for praise and blame. No, no, he's saying grant that no one's cause of sui that determinism is true, right? That seems to imply that there is no robust moral responsibility, and that necessitates an exclusive objectivity of attitude. That's that is a quote from him. The subjective thing he brought that up is this is re- this is a reason why people resist this conclusion. Sure, right. But I'm saying that okay, unless the objective attitude um, incorporates into it a, a requirement of the objective attitude is that you are treating people as variables to be manipulated in the situation like you would. Just, just, a, just an inanimate object, right? I don't know that he's making that claim. No, no, I know he's not. This is okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. What is the then? Then you're collapsing this distinction that I, I think is like a really good one that we talked about in the series previously mm-hmm. about there's this sense of retributive moral responsibility versus just like shallow attitudinal moral responsibility, a- aka the reactive attitudes. Okay. If you're not, if you're just saying that the objective stance is just saying people don't really deserve praise or blame, that's not enough because that's indistinguishable from saying just, okay, no one is retributively morally responsible. Like, if you're, if okay, it's beginning to become like a semantic point, but if you, you have to keep, if we're acknowledging that those two things are conceptually different, which we've all agreed that they are. Um, the two things being dessert-based moral responsibility or just attitudinal kind of reactions to people. Those are conceptually at least two different things. Get, get, don't, don't, don't die on this hill. We've already granted this like in previous parts of the series. 
I'm just making sure I understand your your okay. point. So what would be in this case the, the yeah. attitudinal part? The attitudinal part is whether you naturally in an unfiltered way allow your kind of just your your, your moral emotions to come out, right? Like you could uh you could I'm saying you could be reactive. To me, wait, wait, so is is yeah. attitudinal just non-cognitive? Is that what you're claiming here? Uh yeah, like it can't be. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Um, I can't be reactively uh, blaming you if I'm also kind of evaluating is this the right thing to do in order to get Giffen to become a better person? And then I say, yes, now I'm going to express blame towards so him. So you're talking objective stance. You're, I didn't even think that the what you're describing as like the reaction, the um, attitudinal reactive attitude being based on like cognitive load. I didn't even think we were talking about that. I have no idea what your question is there. So the attitudinal. Um, you seem to be defining the attitudinal reactive attitude as simply a lack of cognitive load. It's the natural reaction that arises. Right. Non-cognitive then. Sure. Right? Yeah. I didn't really think we were having a conversation in that realm at all. <clears throat> I think the problem is, is you're you're overvalencing things. So like Jordan, I think you're I think you're moving away from the paper though. You may, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I know. I really do think let's, you're moving away. I, you're you're then. moving away from like how Summers is actually evaluating like the object, okay, uh, objective but attitude here. Because 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 Giff, Giffen's basing yeah. his argument on the paper, like uh, like you know yes. like like Summers is like okay, you know it's. When when Giffen is assessing the objective attitude, he's you know assessing it purely on Summers' view that you're not grateful to someone; you're grateful of a person being that way. It, you're you're not like you. It's yeah. It's, so I'm, I'll just say that like yeah, it's holding the view of the objective. Like I think he's like critically missing those two things. So it is weird for me to do that. But like fine, you make a good point. Let's let's cover kind of maybe generally the rest of the paper from just this narrower summer sense. Let's 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 go real fast to just like one of the emotions that he covers. Like, why don't we yes. go to something like, um, can I table this real quick? He just says that like, so, so basically, you know, he, he said that the objective attitude is, is always theoretically warranted. Now we just have to look at what that would actually look like. So he imagines someone who's convinced by the, RMR skepticism arguments mm -hmm. and wishes to adopt the objective attitude towards everyone again under his definition including herself at all times and he says what would that look like under kind of the following things so which one did you want to look at I, I think love might be the best one here <laughs> I okay that was sure. funny that was that's just funny because I, I had the least kind of highlights and notes <laughs> on that one really yeah okay, yeah like, okay, okay, go well, for well, it because maybe I, 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 yeah. okay I mean Let's see here. I mean, where page are we on, Adam? This would be. It starts on three thirty-one. Okay, just passed it. Okay. Yeah. Let's so see, let's see here. Because I want to get exactly what uh, Summers here says about how how love would look under mm -hmm. the objective attitude. Um. Do you have the quote, Adam? Because if not, I'd like to actually give a um, propitiatory 
remark to Giffen and Summers. Well, I, I mean, I'll I mean, take we the remark. Yeah, <laughs> give the remark, and then I'll. Then we, <laughs> okay. then we can we can touch upon this emotion. Sure. Well, one thing that I just wholeheartedly agree with. Um, yeah. Is that he says, you know, uh, th- this person Sally could take the objective stance. This was in the uh, this was in the resentment and in- indignation section, you know. S- Sally could take the objective stance and, quote, none of this, of course, means that Sally would not want the thief caught, not put in jail to deter other criminals and prevent other crimes. But yeah. that would, in theory, be the only reason Sally desires the, th- the thief's incarceration. I 100 percent agree with that. And that's a wonderful asymmetrical benefit that the objective stance brings with it. OK, um, yeah, sure. I didn't think you would disagree with that point actually no but i just wanted to kind of you know for you summers and the listeners like just just give like because because i've been teasing that there's just so much i agree with in this paper and and that is really one of them um and and he he says i should note that sally is not after all eliminating the feeling she is merely attempting not to engage or entertain the feeling she wants to minimize its effect on her behavior that is where i totally agree but that is where i was deriving a a, a good bit of the cognitive load um aspect from okay i actually have a quick question this could be totally um not clarifying mm-hmm. and then we'll just go to adam in that case yeah but when you said you were like kind of like deeply exploring like these topics and you like you were like in the process of writing or like planning to write some things on these is your point of concern when to take reactive um oh my god attitudes or actions no 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 no, no, no. sorry um, oh is your Oh my god. I, I feel like such a dullard right now. There's like uh, one word I'm grabbing. You feel like a dullard? <laughs> yes. I yeah, do. I, I I forgot the same thing twice. <laughs> that's, the first time twice. I, that's the first time in my life I forgot the okay. same thing twice. <laughs> okay. I, I, I recall now the, the humor seemed to spark my memory. Um Jordan, are your points of concern with like the things you're writing about concerning the attitudinal reactive attitudes? Are you concerned with when it is appropriate or not to use the attitudinal reactive attitude? What are you juxtaposing that? Or is that a, I think, I think the answer is yes, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Well, you said that there's a difference between the, um, attitudinal reactive attitude and the, um, what did, was your, that 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 sounds like a tautology to me, an attitudinal reactive attitude. I don't know. Not a tautology because the difference is the reaction. I I think you just mean to say like reactive attitudes versus reactive actions. Are you just talking about like that? I don't think so. You had clarified, you had clarified to me that the attitudinal reactive attitudes concern cognitive load. Is that kind of like, no, I think when is it appropriate to use cognitive load or not? No, that I think that that's just a really that's a really just a very confused question. Well, I was confused by like you bringing this up prior. I wasn't sure if like this entire conversation you were concerned with the attitudinal reaction. <laughs> attitudinal is a tautology there. It's not a tautology. The, no, the, the the cognitive portion is how I was differentiating the reactive from the objective attitudes, not the attitudinal reactive attitudes versus some other Wait, type of reactive attitudes. You actually you you were the one who brought up the. Uh, attitudinal reactive attitudes prior. I don't think I did. If I did, I, I just meant to say reactive attitudes versus reactive actions. I didn't remember the phrase attitudinal reactive attitudes, or if we discussed it previously. I'm sure. Okay. But but I'm just telling you now, though. If I said that's that fine. it was a mistake, yeah, that's fine. I, you, I, do you define then the 
objective versus the reactive by the cognitive load explicitly like that's definitionally what the difference is uh at first i did and now i think that i mean it might there might be a bit of a pre-commitment thesis that you can run with the objective stance i think that was my main concern because i don't view that as that that's really not the core of like uh it feels like the core of what i was concerned with but that may not necessarily be the core of the paper i don't know does anyone else am i just like some lunatic harping about (laughs) semantics no it's just funny because you both like cut each other off mid-sentence there it's like i have no (laughs) idea what you guys are trying to say i think jordan and i understood (laughs) each other but we did if that's bad listening i'll just if i'll just cut it if that's bad listening well i can just like repeat like what (laughs) i No, no please don't let's let's move on to adam's point about love okay yeah Okay, I'll I'll just read this little portion here. So, uh, romantic love and friendships evolve because of who we are, how we naturally complement each other, the good times, good jokes, and tragedies that go through together, that we go through together. Uh, None of this undermine. None of this is undermined by the objective attitude. Really need to zoom in here. Can you tell Um, us what page paragraph? Yeah. So this this kind of the end of 332 into 333 okay yeah so i i just i just wonder like you know giffen what would that look like to you know be with like you know a significant other and then constantly hold you know the idea that they're you know non-agentic just like i it would probably look like a normal relationship from the outside it, no, but, but no, it, no, exactly. Yeah. But we're, we're not talking about actions here because often we've said that actions can be, you know, it's different, di- different attitudes can lead to the same actions. But I'm well, wondering, like, like for your... a person for whom there aren't enormous barriers to taking the objective um, attitude, i.e. like very <laughs> low or minimal cognitive load to the point where the reactive attitude would actually be higher in cognitive load, that would feel pretty normal. But we're talking about it, love. Nobody's though. asking. We're talking, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about like, like, like deep, deep relationships with yeah. people. Like, if sure. you just suddenly switched over, you know, after like, you know, it could be like a, you know, a parent, could be like a sibling, could be like, you know, a partner. But it, you know, but you're like, you, if you tried switching over now and just, just viewing them as just an object in a sense, just like you know, they they can. You know, this object is... Well, you're not viewing them as just an object. You're viewing them as the most complex object in the universe, basically. That That's Human true, being. but... I'm, Just to be I mean, clear, it's not like, what if you viewed them as a vase? Like, that's not necessarily... Well, that's not what he's there, asking. There, there, no. there's a, well, there's I just a certain kind of that, like, there's I think a, you're, I think there's you're a really huge not answering. depth that's basically still there in this interpersonal I, relationship. Sorry, that's Brad, a, what were you a, saying? A, Mm-hmm. You had an interjection there. I was curious. What oh, was. I was just saying. I was. I think I was just making a clarifying point. I think Giffen was just trying to say there is a level of uniqueness to the object that makes it uniquely fascinating. And yeah, valid. right. It it is different. Clearly, even if you only ever took the objective stance between like you know, <laughs> loving a vase versus loving a person. The the problem though, Giffen, that's true from either perspective. That's true from the objective stance and the reactive stance. Both can still say that it's the most complex thing in the universe. I. Adam, maybe rephrase. Well, I was I was then. doing that specifically because Adam was like heart like um emphasizing the word like object there. It's like I feel like that imparts a little bit of bias towards like what we're like viewing. Well, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's be clear on this though. An yeah. object and an agent are two different ways of viewing someone. 
you yourself as if as uh, if they were an agent right sure sure yeah yeah okay well then that's that's i think what adam is kind of like Re- repeatedly asking that right am i wrong yeah I, I, yeah, yeah I mean you're not you're not wrong and also i don't think i, I mean it, it definitely sounded bad i agree with that given but it is the objective attitude you know you're right so no like I, I so mean, like I, you yeah, are doing want the, so it's is too all too easy to just like just we you know we're preconditioned to like you know viewing them as an object is just like a bad right it's like the objectification sure. of women or something i just wanted okay. to like so so you're gonna change the language slightly to you know i don't yeah, know sure. say a human being or something yeah, sure. So you're so you're gonna hold in your head like you know it's it's gonna be, you know, it's a cognitive chore at first. Maybe maybe you can you know, um, this will become second nature or maybe first nature. But yeah, but you know, you switch over and have to cognitively hold the fact, you know, and continue to remind yourself of the fact that, you know, yes, you know, like my wife might have you know. I don't know, maybe like cooked me like a delicious dinner and like gave me like a back massage or something wonderful, like, you know, or yeah, whatever. Uh, but yes. but at the same time, like I'm I'm thankful that they are who they are, but I'm not really thankful, you know, that they that they acted in this way necessarily. I'm thankful of who they are. But but at this I, I don't know, it's I don't, it's, I don't I mean well, hang I on. Always... I, I really have to rephrase that because you're I know you're jumping okay, on that okay. part. So, <laughs> well, so sorry, I mean it just comes yeah. to my mind. No, I mean, but I mean, like the, the like the distinction here is that like it's. <sighs> I'll just like remark quickly. It seems like you're kind of emphasizing the cognitive load aspect. You're like you're constantly reminding yourself that, the, but we can talk. No, but, but but it's but it's not the energy. It's the idea yeah, that you're, you're holding. Because well, like, that's what it's is, being emphasized. That's what I'm trying to no, clarify. No, like, that is it, irrelevant. No, it's the no, it's not because it's the idea that you have to hold this thought in your head. You don't have to hold it in your head consciously. Like we said, it can require zero cognitive load. No, but once you've a- accustomed yourself to it, though. But right. the, but 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 we're not talking about that. Just just table that for a second. Okay, I'll table that. I when communicate when you're initially kind of faced with this do i take the objective stance or not this, this is what adam's asking about i think yeah i mean there's going to be some transition period here right yes or yeah. you've, you've so like given that that you you would have to like you know pretty much recondition yourself i mean you're going to be you know viewing this like be this, deeply uncomfortable yeah and i mean you don't think it's going to be like kind of a degrading process for the you know for like your your partner at that point like they wouldn't know it i mean but you're just sort of like viewing them as this you know highly complex object that you know and, yeah and i mean you, to me if i was preconditioned like humans are it would feel degrading perhaps but again this is actually where we bring in like the uh jacob is it jacob joshua josh sorry one of the one of the biblical figures mm-hmm. <laughs> um I, this is like it, it's this analogous to like the born you know deeply uh religious jew who like in that transition period you would probably feel a sense like as you like kind of take away um, the magnitude of god and like you realize that it's like irrational mm. you would probably experience some sort of like lessening especially while you're still like internally resisting but that's not really like the the transition isn't really what's interesting here in this conversation because we're talking about whether it's possible at all ever 
for like an objective attitude to be as like rich. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, right. L- so l- it's not l- the transition that's really important. Okay, okay. The transition will completely ignore we- the transition. Because like the transition yeah. is like that's that's no longer important. But okay. like I'm glad we but, clarified. But but I want you just to like like actually think about like the like how your like your your own attitude would change here, where it's just like you know. It, it it definitely takes on a different attitude. Like just imagine, you know, someone doing something really good for you. Sure. And then now imagine that you now like, you know, are grateful that this person is the way they are rather than what they've just done for you. Or like in, in a sense that you like you're directed like um, you're not grateful to them for what they just did. You're grateful of them. But you're, you keep saying like that it's not a, the difference is that it's not directed. But we clarified already that we can have directed towards non-agents, people we view as non-agents. So if you're, I mean, this, the conclusion you drew there at the very end clarified the difference being the directedness. But we clarified that that's not necessarily the case, as the difference between like the attitudes. I don't I I actually still haven't conceded that point if somebody else conceded that point I don't think I thought I'm, we decided I, that the objective I, attitude I, I, I did can... not decide that, okay, no, that's fine. I, I, I did that, like that I that I hold directed like reactive attitudes toward things that I can do that, that I do not well, consider age yeah, I, I, I never I never like I, I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't I don't hate the rock if like I stub my toe you know what I mean like that's I just no that no I didn't say that you took react attitudes towards trees which would be kind of a personification i thought what we were discussing and i thought you agreed to was you can take the objective attitude towards things the objective attitude sure yeah i i can i can be mad that that rock was there I, you know yeah. just like just generally annoyed that i that i stubbed my toe but i'm not it nothing's gonna be directed at the rock well no that that is directing it though no, no, it's I'm not I'm not I'm not no, I'm not I'm not mad at the rock. I might be mad the rock was there. You know Are what I'm you saying? mad at the emotion of the pain then? You just well, you're yeah, mad I, at the emotion. Yeah, yeah, I mean sure. I I could, I could be mad yeah, at a headache. That makes sense. Like, you know, like just like mad yeah. of a headache, but it's I'm not like, like mad at the headache, just like damn <laughs> the yeah. headache. You know what no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's like, but I could be mad. I'm confused that I have on what the directedness really is a conversation about then, because to me like in the example you gave, you basically took away a direction um, of like my emotions from like the thing, in this case, like a human being, and just towards like the kind of scenario. But I don't really know if you need to internalize it as like a appreciate, like specifically in your mind, like the thought doesn't need to go through your head. I'm appreciative of this scenario. It can still be directed in a sense that like you identify this thing as like separate from the rest of the environment and you appreciate is directed specifically there yeah but it wasn't really that's what directedness yeah but it really wasn't like caused by that person like it just you know it is i mean it was just not in like the grand sense of agency but do do you see what i'm saying whenever you said directedness i thought you meant like it's almost like a specificity kind of claim like i'm able to identify like this fleshy you know hairy beast as a object separate from the environment and my appreciation is towards this as opposed to just like the universe you don't have to internalize it as i appreciate the universe every time or no 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 i know i mean you you can appreciate like the being like you said 
but that's directedness to me. That's what I thought you meant when you said directedness. Yeah. So Is that do you see what, what just, at least just what because I'm you're for? thinking about something isn't directedness because it's otherwise like I all thought it was. Have, but Giffen, but but to be fair, that's because no, you guys were clarifying. Because then it's either just like this gratitude that's like amorphous versus like an anger that's amorphous. It's like well, that's what you were describing to me in the difference. You were saying there's a like in one case you're you know happy about the situation you know versus happy about that person doing it. But I'm saying like that's not necessarily the distinction. No, but it is. If you just if. Either either the reactive attitude or the objective attitude, it's not like you're an idiot. You know what you're mad about, right? Like, you don't sure. just have to be mad. Like, you can know what you're angry about. But if you're sure. mad at someone, that's different than being mad that something happened. I know we keep using this damn language, but like, but do you get how it's not just, both people understand that it's like uh, this feeling about so, like they know that they were like the local cause of the anger, right? Right. But do you get? Is there any sense? I mean, just I, I don't. I think you're denying things that you don't have to deny. Like there is some difference between that those two things. I, I think you're really digging your heels in on something that doesn't need to be. Well, I again, I just was trying to react to your descriptions because to me, I thought your claims about like the directedness, you know, that like, you can't direct when you're in the objective attitude towards something. That was confusing to me because I didn't realize that for you, directedness is specifically linked to agency. No, no. 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 <laughs> I feel like you're not listening to us, honestly. I truly am listening. No, it, it, it's walk like, through it, step by step. No, I, I guess like the, like the frustrated like part for me, right? Like the frustrating part for me is like the idea that like, I don't know. I, I want to hear from you like at some point, like whenever I could raise one of these examples, that like, there is some difference between like the reactive and objective attitude in like, like you can actually like when you think of like how you would kind of like look at two different situations that there is a difference. But you're like, I don't really see the difference. And I'm like, then, OK, yes. well, how do I how do I kind of like illustrate then the difference? Your you're like, yes, but because but, the thing is, like, I, I you keep arguing like out of like one side of your mouth that you think we don't really like lose anything from it. And that it, it could actually be like better and that you think like the paper makes a good point. And that's totally fair. Yeah. But then at the other time, like I, I keep putting out examples and you're like, ah, I, 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 I don't really see a difference between what you've said. And it's like, both of those and, it, and it's, and, I, and it's not because my explanations haven't been, you know, they, it's not that they've been like good or anything like that. They've been, they haven't been, they haven't been good. But the idea is like, I just want to like hear you make that distinction and say, yes, I agree. There's a difference, but spell it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, okay. But, but you keep saying like, ah, I, you I don't really see any ways. difference, and it's like, damn it! I, I well, this might be the framing not, of the yeah. example then in this case. So, well, what is the the difference between that we're talking about here? No, no, no. In we're this, asking you. You need to provide us with a positive account. That that is the only possible like productive course of this conversation. I think. If Adam say, Adam is saying, you are stating that there is a difference on the one hand, and then when we give you any example, you're saying, well, I don't really see that big a difference. Well, but, I, this might be the kind of implied meanings of the questions then. Um, so we can go through each of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, like once, once again, like, I mean, so like, in like, a, bro like broken ask, records at this point, but it's yeah. not just a linguistic trick we're trying to pull upon you. Like, I'm not like, oh. you know, like, you know, it's like a like a bag, like a bag can of I, magic tricks that I'm trying to use it? here. Yeah. Can I try asking it, Adam? 
Okay, Gifford, you sure. said that Summer's thesis is a is a good one and it's an interesting one. Summer's thesis is the following. If we adopt in all situations the objective stance, then things change and things change for the better. If that is what you're agreeing with, then it's incompatible to also say, I don't really see that much of a difference between the objective and the reactive stances. So if you want to say the former, please just actually just give us an account of how okay. things are changing for you. Subjectively, I think yeah. I can try this. Um, I think this is good to lay out. So in practical terms, it will be a different world, right? In one in which, I mean, that's too broad of an example. If people started consciously trying to uh, remind themselves to take the objective stance, like literally just in our world right now, like as we might have tried to do after reading all these papers about moral responsibility, we might lead to a better world, right? That's like the one claim, right? Okay, I'm going to need a hell of a lot. That That's just saying it, it cashes out in better consequences, but that has... Sure. But that's not at all what I was asking. Okay, we'll ask the question again. <laughs> From your perspective. Okay. So I, I don't want to hear about like it's better for the world, it creates better out because I'm granting that too. Okay. And yet we're like we're still disagreeing. So if you're saying that from your perspective, all I want to hear about is like GIF and me, I, right? From your perspective, if adopting the objective attitude with respect to yourself and others always uh, and ubiquitously would create some difference, and that difference would be better, as Summers argues, what does that look like for you? Just a Cause moment. Because if, if you can't spell that out, I don't think you have really bought his thesis. Well, I mean, we might be just discovering that I have a slightly different view. Um, but tell us it we, then. We still don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the like strictly the difference from my perspective. When, if I try to adopt the objective attitude, if you do, if you adopt the objective attitude always and towards everyone, including yourself, what does that look like? What's the well, difference? It, like if it was me specifically, like in this world, it would probably involve higher cognitive loads. Is that? that, that yeah, that's yeah, like a I, part I of think, an answer. I but think, like, you have well, to give some positive account of this. I, I, right? I, mean, I mean, the like, thing is like... What like, do you mean a positive like, account? That, like, that's like, like, like difference. That's like, like a, okay, okay. Like Summers does give positive accounts. Like he says, yes, like, but it, don't like, give those to Giffen because I want to okay. hear what his account is. Well, is that... Well, what do you mean by account then? I just clarify like a difference. You, all you said is that there's more cognitive load. That has sure. no moral valence, like positively or negatively. It, I, I don't even well, see. It like, can how... be. It, it can be equivalent. Giffen, I, I think. I think. I'll be I think, honest I, here. I think Giffen, Giffen, I... Giffen, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bail you out here for a second, all right? Because because okay. like Summers. Summers does say things along the lines of like, okay, you know. <laughs> no, but no, but like, you know, when you take the objective attitude and you're sure. just, you know, viewing people as objects, you're not going to hold emotions like, you know, resentment 
Um, and that's in like, and like that, he does give you the emotion. Clarify, Adam, he, he actually doesn't say that you have to view people as objects, which was one of my quibbles. Like he says, the only thing he says, I'll quote, taking the objective attitude commits us only to regarding human beings as creatures who cannot deserve praise or blame. That's apparently it for Strawson. Okay. But I, sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Summers. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. Just, but, but, but let me, let me just go back to that conclusion again, where he says that, um, so no longer would we view criminals with hatred and deep resentment, yes. desiring punishment well beyond any pragmatic goals. Yep. Right. Um, Des- yeah. Deserving those things. Yeah. And, and I have argued that nothing about the objective attitude. Yeah. So it doesn't preclude feelings of exuberance, love. But there was another thing here too. Yeah. Um, let's see, relentless judging requires a lot of mental energy. And so it's energy that might might otherwise be directed towards understanding and appreciating what life and other human beings have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that seems like a bit of a a tangential benefit, though, because I mean he does that like, one seems tangential. It, it because he just he's explicit with it. I mean he's like because because he does. I mean he has a whole section about just like you know tangential. He goes into politics like it just turns down the heat. Like it allows you actually understand the perspective. And he even yeah. called that the, the you know he calls that whatever it is you know tangential be- fringe benefits of RMR skepticism okay. right, but like what we're be- I think begging for from you is that like is Summers has said if everyone takes the objective attitude here's what it's going to look like you're not going to think that anyone deserves praise or blame and you're not. You know, you could even he's actually saying that you could sort of um, he brings this up with Sally. You could really condition yourself, presumably not even to have those impulses of praise or blame. Sure. So when we're asking you, what does this world look like? Is it exactly that or is it something well, you didn't different? Ask, you didn't ask me what the world looked like. You asked me what it was from my perspective. I tried to answer what the world would look like. Okay, okay. Was directed towards my perspective. What? Okay. What does it look like from your perspective? Because that's what. Like the, the, what, what would it would look like? like what would the consequences be? I would. I don't know. No, like, no, no, no. Not the consequences. From well, your I, I don't know. Like, well, he gave consequences. He said like in, a person would be like less. Um, no, but protein. that's not how he defined it. Correct. You're you're conf- you're confusing the definition with the consequences. He said he defined it as someone would no longer view people as deserving praise or blame. And the outcomes are those things. I'm asking you for that same account. If it's identical to Summers, tell us it's identical to Summers. If it's not, then tell us what it is. Okay, when you mean account, you mean just the definition then? Yes. Okay, well, that was not clear to me. Okay. I mean, Uh, seriously, look. Wait, wait, give it now, but just give it now. Just... Because cause we keep begging and then, you know, well, you didn't ask it right. And then you get away from actually answering. So just answer it now. I, I, I don't think this is going anywhere. It's like it's like we keep talking past each other with this. I one. know, but I'm asking. So here's what I'm doing, though, because I'm because I'm. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'm expressing strong reactive attitudes right now because I think that Giffen's doing something irresponsible where he. He, if you're making a different point in the paper, because he, he, he said, oh, I might be making a different point in the paper. We need to know what that is, right? That's fine. So I mean, like, it may be a case I know, that I, I, I wasn't I, aware of the fact. I, I, don't, I don't know if Given's making a different point in the paper. That you asked, you know, you said, I think I do kind of agree with it. It's just like that definition specifically is well, it's, a little it's, off. Like you, the you, deserving point, I think, is the kind of the key there. 
that's kind of a new development though wait your your issue with the definition is the deserving part no 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 i think that's like the point of like the the main aspect of his definition is like the in like his definition deserving of both praise and blame yeah we already went over this though are you saying you agree with that i guess my claim is that specifically the definition could probably be clarified just a tiny bit but i think it hinges on the idea of the deserving part okay to be honest though that's like a totally new development because you never said that in anywhere before this point in the podcast well i don't know if it was a point to clarify until this or at least i wasn't aware of it okay brian i, brian, I, I think brian. we've eclipsed like the usefulness of this yeah. part of the conversation brian do you have any idea what we're talking about right now? <laughs> like, I, 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 I mean a good portion of that is I, certainly I, getting edited out because it's just the same conversation over and over yeah, but I, think I, I just I just feel like Jordan, I feel like you pushed to give him into a position like he wasn't entirely in because the thing is like you said but like that's okay, all I'm asking though. No, no, like, but no, no, but yeah. like but 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 like the like the way the conversation went from my perspective was this. You're like, okay, but that's not what Summer says. And then he's like, Okay, well, I'm I'm not quite sure then. Are you taking a different position than Summers? And he's like, Well, I might be. And then okay, what's your different position than Summers? And then it's like, okay. Yes, he, my like, ask is exactly that. Well, like, my just this, yeah, but, 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 the, but the questioning pretty much like he doesn't he doesn't exactly know where he stands. But then we got. So. But, then, but come on, like let's not be egoistic about it. Like then just say that. I right? think like, I did say that. I said multiple times. I think there might just be a confusion on my end. I said that like multiple times. Well, then are you still? And then confused? I ask with questions. No, no. Here's my issue, though. But but then you'll re but then you'll be like just as confident, or you you're not making it clear. I don't. No I have no idea. If you're still confident that the world looks very similar or indistinguishable from like the objective versus reactive stance or is something changing now like the problem is is i mean like adam's phrase of talking out of both sides of your mouth is kind of true like i actually don't know where you stand at all on like most of the questions then that's fair because i wasn't quite sure again i thought i had an understanding but then like the reason of the line of questioning and like the just general process of like the Discussion yeah. of the paper led me to on like find uncertainties about it. Well, yeah, but, but because, because, so all I'm saying I, I, is like those are great to bring up. Then like yeah. express those. Don't double down. I on... think I was expressing them. No, but like, but like the like the thing is like um, I I just don't think like like Summers' definition of like the objective attitude was too detailed in this paper. No, it was it was, it was I very. I had a common or... understanding of what that was. It's like deserving of. I'm sorry. Is it blame and punishment or blame and uh, praise? Their their attitudes. Blame and praise. Thank you. Yeah, I. Well, that's we held a common clear. understanding about what that meant, but through the process of the discussion, I realized that that I may have had a slightly different interpretation of what that meant, right? Because when he says deserving, I think he means deserving, like in a um, like moral responsibility sense. Right, it, like humans it, it, are not deserving of that. I that mean, is, doesn't need that to be is what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, he says this is explicitly vitiated by RMR skepticism. But okay, so my entire case, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, your entire point. Well, so my entire just kind of like tabling discussion at the beginning was like with my two main issues with it is that he actually hasn't shown that because he's just taken retributive punishment off the table in my mind. Um, He's not accounted for 
you know, this asymmetry um, between, yeah, the, the reactive, uh, yeah, stance. I, I think we should just move move on to like, I mean, obviously, like most of that is just going to be cut because it's just quibbling. Well, let, well let's hear I that. Think though. I what were you going to say there? More on to his definition then. Than he what? Was... Yeah, I just, I just think his definition lacks a few things because I think the objective stance requires viewing someone as an object like as a deterministic variable and that is saying more than they just don't deserve praise or bl blame so like that's did you an guys actually interpret that definition did you interpret that literally like it was exclusively plays uh, praise and blame or that... all of the other attitudes that Strassen discussed okay so i also imparted yes. that meaning onto it and that i think came to like during the discussion yeah but that just seems to be so you could do that and still yeah. not view someone as an object. That's just taking certain attitudes off the table. Just because I don't blame you for something doesn't necessarily mean that I'm taking the objective stance. For instance, you could just not be blameworthy. Like you could have actually not done the action. So if I say like Giffen, like I, I'm, I'm like, this sounds kooky to say because I would never actually say it. But like Giffen, I'm blaming you for lying to me. Okay. And then you actually explain how you never lied. Then I wouldn't okay. blame you anymore, but it's not because I'm not viewing you or it's not because I'm viewing you as an object. Like something to be accounted for, it's because you didn't lie. Right? So, but to but to view you as not blameworthy qua objective attitude would be to say, "Oh, like it would be to view you as an object, like he's or a, um, is he's not claiming that all instances where someone should lack blame are because of this. He's saying where there are like in worlds where, or in situations where like no, one might. Well, yeah, well, that's what the example you just gave was was one where it's like literally like they there was no rationality in your suggestion of their blame, um, even like irregardless, right? Like you literally just had the facts wrong in that case. Uh, yes, I, I wasn't, I think you mistook what I was, I was just saying that's to make a conceptual distinction between the fact that, so praise or blame can be divorceable from the objective attitude, period, right? So, so if you say deserving of praise or blame, that's like, an, that's a different thing. Um, I'm getting confused on my own point at this point, I've just been going I, around. I, like, I, I also don't think either side has made any good points. Like I'm, I'm, I'm convinced at this point. Like I, I've made terrible points. Cause, no, cause, I, you know, I the thing think is, it like, was good until it devolved. No, but like it devolved because neither side could give a good explanation of like necessarily why why the reactive or objective stance was better, except just to point to okay, imagine the difference, and then Giffen would say. I, I there's no I, difference. Well, no, yeah. Giffen would say I I I really do think the objective attitude still captures what we like. You know, he agrees yeah. with Summers, you know, and, it, and it's just in the objective attitude aligns with, you know, what we know to be true or what we believe to be true about robust moral responsibility. And we're saying, no, you actually lose something because it's actually degrading. And just imagine <laughs> that, like, actually just yeah. like shift your perspective. And OK, wait, could, let, OK, so there, there is like a positive thing that we can do at the end of this here. OK, if here, here's my question, then. OK, so let's think this through for a second. If taking the objective stance, so let's let's adopt my definition for a second. Okay. Right. If taking the objective stance 
both includes Summer's account that no one's ever um, blameworthy or praiseworthy. And it also um, changes your view of someone into a a mechanism or a it's a mechanistic kind of variable, something to be accounted for or dealt with in the situation, right? Would that would that lose something for you, Adam? I think your answer is, has been defined as yes. Mine is too. I'm curious for Brian and Giffen. Under that definition, do you lose something? I think right now it would feel. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you do lose something, and I think, I think we're we're kind of trending in losing that eventually as we're becoming more and more objective. And so the transition right now feels very abrupt and abrasive, but a transition, you know, hundreds of years down the line, if humanity makes it that far, mm. they feel more seamless. So I do, th I, I don't yeah. think it's so abstract, like it, it's very abstract, but it's, it's very possible. No, your historical point is actually a really good one, because I'm thinking of something like understanding the details of a brain tumor, right? Like if we were in the 1700s, and someone did a heinous act, we wouldn't even understand to look for a brain tumor, right? But now, you know, you, you know, this like the story of Charles Whitman, he climbed the clock tower in, in, yeah, University of Texas and killed all those people. And then when we discover the brain tumor just pressing on his amygdala, that actually looks really exculpatory. Like, wow, he actually couldn't have, we do view him as an object at that point. Literally, like his brain and his amygdala, we're looking at how those interact, right? Um, with a tumor. So, yeah, like, I, I, I think that that historical point is a good one. Um, as we learn more and more, I think we will. And this is actually, you know, I think that in not personal, not interpersonal cases, like for policy wise, I think the objective attitude is just such a better view of people. I mean, because then, you know, you're just looking at okay if charles whitman isn't dead yet can we just remove this brain tumor right and then like as soon as we know he's a good person there's no need to hold reactive attitudes towards him or like more you know blame him in any sense um so that's like a sense in which i think summers hits the nail on the head um yeah giffen yeah to answer your the, like the question that was posed to all of us do we lose something only to the extent that um the example about the like the Jewish, deeply religious Jewish person lost something. It's mm. like an impression of loss, not like an actual <laughs> loss. <laughs> I like that actually. Yeah, yes. because that's kind of what I'm at. It's like, do you lose something? It, like, it may feel like you lose something, but I don't think you like up. If you reflect on it, you really do. Mm. So I, I, I think I think the example of like a guy like Whitman, though, I think that illustrates it well for me, though, because it's like, you know someone like heinous that you don't know like what like physically caused their heinous behavior you might hold like the reactive attitude toward them mm -hmm. but with like whitman you don't like you don't even like i'm, I'm sure no one here has like any issue with the guy of you course. know what i mean because you hear I mean, that and you're like when okay, you say fine. don't have any issue with them <laughs> no but <laughs> giving, 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 you know what i mean with that you know what i mean like I mean, objectively i have an issue that he killed people and like you know it's a moral like wrong clearly yeah yeah, that. yeah 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 no but i'm saying like i don't like i don't hate the guy yeah i don't hate the guy who does the same thing but without us knowing the tumor 
You don't you don't hate the guy who like raped ten kids. I mean, I kind of do. I mean, I I I, can, I, like, I may I may like find myself hating them, but like if any kind of um, reflection, and even sometimes there might be you know marginal cases of less severity where like I actually just don't. Even if it's something like kind of bad that someone did. I mean, again, the examples are pretty horrific what we're describing, so it's hard to like not. But I can find someone who did something wrong and just view them objectively do you hate the event me yeah (laughs) i'm asking giffen no i don't hate you don't hate the event i mean it depends what you mean by hate like i have a disgust with the 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 event i have a just a, a horrible response you know it's like i just kind of like Almost look away. Say again. Sounds like hate to me. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, well, terrible. But but this like this is that wasn't really what the point I'm going for. Like, that's not hate. this wasn't the point I'm going for though. Hang on one second yeah, though. Okay. Because like the thing is like, I I'm saying that like, it was it's a lot in a lot of these situations it's like a black box and you know like once you discover what's in the box it's like the mystery's gone and you can just you know, adopt a purely objective attitude towards you don't even these people. Need to do well, the hang on, please, please, please. Oh, let, I, I have, I have to finish this point. Of course, of course. Um, but I, I just wonder, like, you know, for like an emotion like hate, I don't know why necessarily like other emotions can be somehow salvaged, like emotions like love in that case, where you know, maybe you knew, you know, there was, um some sort of brain tumor that was causing, you know, your wife to love you. I mean, like, would that, would that suddenly like change your perspective on like, you know, um, like the love that you I mean, felt personally, from your wife? Like, that would feel weird. Right. But at the same time, upon reflection, there really isn't a difference between like the tumor and just like the normal brain chemistry and environment that they've gone through in life. Right. Both just happen to have, um, resulted in like the strong bond we feel right i mean they're intangibly like you can imagine in the one instance you can i would be like they might take this brain tumor out to save her life and then that she might not love me anymore which is like a future concern that would not be present in the other case right like i'm not concerned that they're gonna like someone's gonna randomly come in and just like alter her brain chemistry to not love me so that's like a tangible difference but like in both cases like she loved me just circumstantially yeah okay so but like so say you knew like all the chemical processes like processes of her brain and we're just like fully aware of those and you like held Mm -hmm. those in your head while you tried to engage in i am the world's most intelligent brain surgeon i'm practically superhuman in my understanding of the brain chemistry sure and you and you know you pretty much know exactly like yeah why she behaved but you also but it's not that you know just know that but you like hold that consciously too yeah okay you don't think that's going to affect like the love in the relationship? Not necessarily. I, I don't know how it, I don't know how it couldn't. Well, I don't, in, I don't in this case, it's like the difference would be kind of like the impression because you're changing from a baseline of reactive attitude to the um, objective. So like if I'm like starting to like consciously become aware, you know, over time, like the full like grasp of the you know illusions fading away right 
like that would feel different but like you could still be in a state where you have just like deeply internalized this even before you met and you still feel like strong bonds right you can imagine the scenario where like the entire relationship happened after he was already aware of everyone's brain chemistry it was a baseline already so it was nothing new but you know you go through you feel the same emotions when you like interact and you know physically touch and just like emotionally discuss things all of that can be still there right and i don't know if that captures your definition of love or not or if you've defined love specifically including the view of them as a as if they were an agent but to me there's, yeah. there's like there's a basically the entirety of it is captured except for the kind of view of the agency yeah i don't know i just think like once you bring in like that strong mechanistic sense and then just hold it constantly with regard to someone i i think um at that point you wouldn't even be aware that that was like even a difference like if this is just some uber smart person they may have like fully transitioned to like this new understanding at like age 10 he may even have no memory of like what it was like to kind of view the other people as an agent but just like all of those same emotions that i described and like the interaction and like the deep bond is still basically there it's just that he doesn't have some like internalized sense of agency pre-described that he has to overcome now he already so 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 do you think like human interactions would be like like we wouldn't lose anything if say we all walked around and like our heads were virtually transparent and you could see everything like working you know and yeah. it, 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 it was a diorama just, of a choo-choo train it just, just became like, more than space. obvious you yeah. don't even have to hold it in your mind anymore you could just see it we were just robots walking around yeah. like you could see it Sure. Like that—that that wouldn't change. It would change. It would not be removed. It would. You describe what was the term you used? You wouldn't lose anything. It would simply it change. You wouldn't. You wouldn't lose anything. Okay. I. I. I think I just disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. I. I think that's just. I think we I just have fundamentally different rich interaction between people who just like, for whatever anomalous reason or environmental programming. On, on none of them have this like internalized view of other people as like agents but still hold like the understanding of like the deep complexity and they still have you know they go play badminton they experience the emotions of like joy and laughter and sadness and like disappointment um all of these things that we kind of um would associate with like the bond can all still be there like i don't like you're imagining people like almost like drifting around like you said like robots but we already are like robots so it's like you can describe but it as being robotic but we don't view each other as robots though we certainly do sometimes and sometimes we do sometimes it now cognitive sure. yeah, not all the time we don't the, always the, view each other's proportion robots. can change right we already are capable of it clearly and if the proportion changed it would be a different world but i don't think it would be anything lost unless you like definitionally there would be that no impression of the other people's agent that's like a definitional difference yeah, I, I think we're just at a stalemate at this point because I share the intuition that something would be lost. And if some and if you think that something wouldn't be lost, I, I think the only way lost to actually, in make, Yeah, I'm just saying, I think the only way to actually adjudicate that would be to somehow. I mean, this like goes back to like the experience machine, but you'd actually have to live out both of those lives and actually just see if anything was lost or not. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think we should wrap it up at this point because we've been going for like two and a half hours. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think the way that like, just to summarize the way I'm viewing this debate is theoretically, it's true that, you know, there's a there's a there's a difference in constitution between people and something like a toy, like a toy truck or something. There's a difference in complexity and function and all of these different ways. But I guess I agree with Adam um, that something would be lost if you viewed humans as just very complicated versions of a toy. Um, and what's interesting is, that, I mean, I so I, just to wrap it up with like a little bit of like, you know, just kind of um, summary. The, the funny thing is, is that I, I mentioned Summers has reneged on this paper, actually. Um, he... Yeah, he he actually jokingly kind of talks about his early work now as something he just wholeheartedly disagrees with. Um, he's shifted his views to 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 basically the same stance as Adam and I take um, that this would be to actually lose something very fundamental, and that he was mistaken in his earlier work, which is funny because a lot of people like, you know, oh no no, actually early Summers was right, like <laughs> it wouldn't actually be that big of a loss, but. All right, I think I think that this was a uh, I think this was a good paper um, to jump back into the series with, and I don't know what we what we'll be doing next time, but we're definitely going to be continuing the series. So I uh, hope you found this interesting and valuable, and tune in next time.